Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 23rd episode of RL Aftershock, the podcast that by a week is now older than me. I am the eternal Jay. Uh, that's going to take some getting. That's going to take some getting used to. Let me tell you that right now. But I am the eternal Jay, and joining me is not Digibay. Actually, it's, uh, it's someone a, a bit new to the show. We've not had him on before. Uh, unfortunately, Bacon couldn't quite make it today due to some personal reasons. I'm not going to delve into that. Obviously, we wish nothing but the best. Uh, but Jar of Jam will be taking his place for this special preview episode. Of of the RLRS qualifiers. Jam, my friend, how you doing? I'm doing just fine. It's, it's, I think it's an equal uh, exchange. You've uh, replaced one foodcaster with another foodcaster, a little <laughs> bit of a savory digital bacon for a little bit of sweetness, a little bit of sweet tooth, like me. Yeah, I think it's, it's perfectly fine. We, we're still sort of... We, we go in the same circle, so it's all fine. And yeah, it's it's a pleasure to be here. Thanks for inviting me. And fan for a long time. And now, hey, I'm, I'm in one of these little windows over here. Hey. Hi, Mom. Good shit, my man. I mean, I, I wanted to get you on. I wanted to get you on at some point to do like a prediction game or something like that, like we did for the RLCS last uh, season, uh, when I had like Crafters and Doomsie on to do a, a fucking show. And I really wanted to get you on because like this guy is a fucking mind for the game. And I'm really, I, you know, honestly, this week is going to be really great. We've got some really good content coming up. Uh, we're talking about the Gfinity OCE RLCS contract. Flipside is saying goodbye to Rocket League at least for the moment. And of course, as I was saying, we're talking all about the RLRS qualifiers. The players that could do some really really good work and of course who we think is going to be qualifying for the overall top four or I should say bottom four I guess you could say uh, from the play-ins to the main tournament itself but before any of that let's do the news Mr. Jam some interesting shit's gone down actually some of it might actually be quite significant to the EU scene especially our first story comes from Gfinity Australia uh, where of course if you've been tuning into any particular sort of like moniker of the scene last week you know that they uh, um, they set up the Oceanic Masters which is basically the new path to the RLCS. It's the uh, OCE RLCS of the uh, uh, of new, basically. Throwdown, I've lost it. Gfinity Australia, I've got it. And uh, this is, I think, the first time since the split from Twitch that Sonics have, like, patterned off a certain piece of the... Uh, um, uh, of a certain piece of the RLCS to a different... Uh, to a different um, tournament organizer basically you know they had throwdown before but that was still kind of like with the twitch agreement because it's kind of like a twitch thing um and with south america coming in they're giving that to rocket street and oce has now gone to gfinity australia now the reason why i want to talk about this is because in terms of the eu scene like gfinity are essentially an eu org right they're based in 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 the uk that's where their head office is so like there's been some chat there's been some talk for the past couple of seasons about the idea of getting an eu studio in is this the first sign, potentially, of uh, uh, of seeing that come out to fruition? Well, uh, here's only hoping, but uh, the OCE <laughs> part of Gfinity has been on the roll, really. Uh, I've been hearing a lot of news from that region. They have been really picking up the pace. While here specifically in Europe, we had a bit of a, a, bit of a downfall, uh, unfortunately, for the... For the known future, all the community cups have been cancelled. I'm assuming the Elite Series is still on, since that's oh, yeah. a pretty big thing, and I don't think they will be dropping it anytime soon. Too many games are uh, also being showcased there, so that'll be a pretty big hit. But already, it seems like the European scene has taken a little bit of a blow, since at this very moment, with the exception of Rival Esports uh, holding their uh, monthly tournaments, really nothing is happening. Like, uh, no weeklies, no nothings, it's it's a little bit empty. With Jafinity exiting, uh, the bubble scene has basically lost their opportunity to play with each other, with the exception of scrims. 
Yeah, I was going to say the same thing as well, honestly. Like, you know, this is something we've kind of been been, been seeing a lot in the uh, uh, in the latest sort of like, you know, uh, just sort of like just throughout the course of um, throughout the course of, of the scene as a whole. You know, like, like there's, there's a lot of sort of like nice, like small, small things to try and engage the, the European scene. Um, but in the grand scale of the RLCS, there's not really been a whole lot. And there's a part of me that is kind of excited about this whole Gfinity thing, because it does show that Sionics are starting to trust more tournament organizers outside of their own system. They're starting to trust the, uh, uh, you know, the South America's rocket streets. They're starting to trust the Gfinities, of course. You know, Gfinity has always been a bit of a, a sometimes a controversial figure in the, uh, in the space. But honestly, like, you know, I think they do more good than harm uh, than they Thing else, you know, like uh, the production quality, for example, like you know, something that everyone was talking about when this story broke was shit. Like the production quality of the OCE RLCS of the, uh, you know, the, the production quality of this tournament, the, uh, um, you know, the, the Oceanic Masters, it's going to be absolutely insane, right? Because that's what Gfinity are known for. They're just known for being able to pull off some of the most, you know, incredible things when it comes to production. Now, all you have to do is take an, take a look at any of the Elite Series broadcasts, and you, you've basically just got a case in point right there. Yeah, it's uh, every single time you see a Gfinity broadcast. It's a professional affair. It's 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 also perhaps they're injecting a little bit uh, of their own DNA into those broadcasts. I love the banter uh, between the, the hosts. Um, I love the little segments that they're doing. It's it's a little bit uh, like the breaking out from the formula that is just just simple. Hey, show the game. Like talk a little bit about it. Maybe do a little bit of a silly thing, but not really go into it. Gfinity is doing their thing. Plus Plus, on top of that, they have a perfect team of uh, graphic artists, uh, of the like, video designers, I suppose. And of course, the broadcast team, that just kills it. And that experience has already been seen in the European Gfinity Elite Series. I'm expecting, indeed, that we'll be seeing that in OC as well. And as to the point, as Psyonix trusting the more and more orcs, I think the Renegade Cup has been the real showcase of that. They, they've they absolutely enjoyed working with every single uh, organization, as they themselves have posted. And um, while there are no announcements yet of the next Renegade Cup, I'm pretty sure there will be something, uh, because I can only see Rocket League scene grown. Yeah, and you know, the thing I love the most about it is that obviously they've also been open to the dialogue aspect. Because another thing about this story as well is that, you know, initially Gfinity had their own format set up for the playoffs. Um, and for those of you who don't know how the Gfinity playoffs work, it's very similar to the regional playoffs um, from, uh, 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 from the North American and EU scene, where you've got like, essentially the round of six going into the semifinals, the top four qualify for LAN. Except obviously in OCE, that doesn't quite work because it's the top two that qualify for LAN. So they're not, you know, essentially it's a, it's a single elimination bracket anyone who messes up they've gone out of the tournament they've gone their chance for land has gone permanently so they have a double elimination system in play for the throwdown stuff and then when shit kicked off and gfinity decided you know what let's 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 work with sonics to figure this out properly and then they actually ended up implementing a double elimination system into the uh, playoffs themselves so yeah you know i mean it seems like a lot of people are being receptive to what sonics are doing and obviously with gfinity stepping up to the plate it does build a bit more trust between other organizations and sonics so again i'm kind of excited to see what that ends up for, uh, you know turning out to uh, in, in in the long term, you know, again, maybe we could be seeing Gfinity do the uh, the EU uh, RLCS. You know, again, maybe maybe we could be doing everything from Fulham. You know, I mean, they have the, they have the capabilities to do it. You know, you sort of think about the potential behind everything, and it's like you bring Gfinity in to do the RLCS um, uh, league, league play stuff. Like, you know, the pros have been asking for land leagues, like like on land league play for Yogs. So imagine if we actually had that done in the Gfinity studios, not only for EU but also for OCE. 
Oh yeah, that, that'll be lovely. And this this also eliminates that issue with having to go, oh, this is only an online team. They can't really perform on land. Here, everyone sort of starts in the same conditions. And then when the finals come, uh, the World Championship happens. They will be also in the same conditions. Bigger crowds, uh, louder people. Team 104 just, again, absolutely shutting everyone <laughs> that down. That whole place will be Team 104. You realize this, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll be absolute madness. Yeah, it it it'll, it it's it's only an improvement, really. You, uh, um, since you are working in CS and PUBG, um, I'm pretty sure you're following that scene a lot much closer than I am. But even I know that there are a lot of land tournaments, and while Rocket League is at this point nowhere near that, it's still an improvement happening. Now we uh, Rocket League is a part of DreamHack and four tournaments this year alone. That's pretty lovely indeed. It's just more and more things are happening. And hey, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for more and more stuff on the side of Europe because in a really big way, majority of the stuff is happening in NA. And while there's still South America that is also want their bit of a, um, a 15 minutes of, well, not even a 15 minutes of stardom, just a little bit of highlight on them. OC, of course, wants in Asia, who has been snubbed oh, yeah. uh, with this season. I'm pretty sure they will be fighting tooth and nail for the next one. Or at least the one after that. Just everyone wants to be seen. Everyone wants to participate. And hey, it's I, I can only see it growing and really get, getting more land tournaments is a great big step to that. Well, speaking of participation, um, nice little segue there. I love doing these on the podcast. It's fantastic. But a team, an organization that doesn't want to participate anymore with Rocket League Esports, sadly, is Flipside Tactics. As this came out, of course, just a uh, you know just a couple of days ago, that they are out. They have the roster is no longer part of the organization. They have been dropped. Uh, press release officially said, sadly, today we have some unfortunate news to share as we've reached the end of an era, and it certainly is the end of an era. You know, like Flipside has been synonymous with Rocket. League for the longest time in the world and like 2015 you know they, they had a team since 2015 you know back when it was Marky was it Marky Cooksey and Mike Rules was it Marky Mystic and Mike Rules um, it was something, something, something absolutely ridiculous like that, you know. They, you know, the, the the team goes back so so far, and I didn't expect to see the day where we lost a massive, massive team like Flipside, and we kind of all saw it coming um, to a certain extent, you know. Like there was always the rumors floating about the idea that Flipside would be moving over to uh, Fnatic. Um, as of right now, the team themselves have not quite signed up with Fnatic as of yet, and Mystic actually gave an interview suggesting that it's probably a little bit more up in the air when it comes to that organization, but. He certainly agrees. We've known this was coming for a long, long time. Um, I want to get your thoughts on this, Jam, because obviously, like, I, I think I, I can only see this in bad light. I can't see this as a good thing. You know, I can't say, oh, well, maybe there would be a chance for, you know, Flipside to, to get some better salary or something like that. Yeah, that's certainly possible, but I don't see that outweighing the pedigree that something like Flipside Tactics sort of brought to the Rocket League scene. You know, that, that I, don't, I don't see it outweighing the prestige and, and the legacy that our organization has left behind on the game. I mean, it is the end of an era. The one of the OG teams has left. The players are still there, or at least Coxer is still is, is here. But yeah, it's it's a little bit over for them. Uh, Mike Rules and Marky Duda, uh, you you've said it correctly. Uh, Marky Duda himself has actually just recently retired. He said that he will be uh, playing, but not seriously. He won't be going for RLCS level. He won't be sort of maybe saw that coming as well. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unfortunate. And Mike Rules, obviously, when was the last time you seen him around? Might have actually been RLCS season one <laughs> by this point. He is again OG, but well, not not everyone's cut out for this. I 
I'm not exactly agreeing you perhaps on this being in bad light, uh, but it's just a little bit unfortunate. I've read uh, various opinions on this one, uh, people th feeling that uh, the salaries might be inflated just a little bit since Flipside can't provide the salaries that uh, Cookser and the rest of the squad are requiring. And they said that, hey, we would love to bring the staff that we currently have around us and bring it into the other org, we'll be absolutely happy over the moon but seemingly they won't be able to do so, or perhaps someone will come in, but not in the same situation. It's just more of a, more of a business thing. I understand Flipside Tactics players, and I understand Flipside also making that decision. They can't offer more, uh, and even some of the organizations, uh, or specifically like sponsors coming in into the scene, checking the players, seeing the potential um, requirements for salaries and backing out, it's... It's strange, but I understand. It's again, it's business after all. And Flipside Tactics, I think they are in a position to demand something from their organization after winning yeah. WSOE. Uh, perhaps uh, it, it has been uh, a while uh, since uh, Flipside Tactics have won something, but really in in that tournament, the only EU hope, uh, and I like I, by the point of uh, top four, I think they were the only EU hope, and boy, did they deliver for <laughs> against uh, Cloud Nine. That's also pretty significant. But since they couldn't work it out, well, shame. I'm pretty sure there's still more organizations coming in to pick them up. Flips, uh, no, sorry, uh, Fnatic, as you said, seemingly it was the rumor that Flipside Tactics will be moving into the Fnatic side. But since Mystic has himself announced that we're still looking for organization, I doubt he would do that if a Fnatic would be either still on the line uh, or it's just it just doesn't look likely at this point. So... It yeah. is what it is, but I'm, I'm sure more teams will come in. Hey, we had TSM. Like, at, at, uh, when did uh, at some point? Did, sorry, at which point did any of us think that TSM will be coming into the scene? And hey, it happened. And now I'm expecting even more interesting things to be happening. Yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm. 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 I'm hopeful for the future. But to be honest, I'm taking a look at this thing of myself. Like, who can really deliver what they want out of this uh, out of an organization? You know, because like part of that uh, interview that's on screen right now, there's a little quotation coming in. Obviously, it's an interview with Mystic, and he said, you know, Flipside are the perfect organization, but lack some necessary things that Cooksir and I both desire. Um, so what are those things? Higher salary? Like, you know, shit, like this, in salaries right now are completely inflated. And, you know, it's, I, I, I don't mean to, like, you know, to, to, to shit on the idea that maybe Flipside should be giving the, just should be given the same offer. Because obviously when you come to contract renegotiations, your value increases, you should be negotiating for a, for a bit of a better offer. But at the same time, like, Frost has no fucking reasons to, to stick around uh, in, in, in Rocket League. You know, he, he's expressed himself so many different times on the Reddit, uh, and on Twitter about his frustration with the way that Sionics have handled Rocket League. Um, obviously, I don't think he wanted to leave Rocket League per se, but you know, being here for four years and seeing probably, possibly no return of investment on the part of Flipside Tactics, you know, you're looking at it like, yeah, well, how does that work out for him in that case? You know, like, can he really justify keeping that squad on board for, for what they want out of the organization? So, you know, I'm, 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 you know, there, there are certainly some unknowns. I really would love to see how it goes from here. But to be honest, there's only really one organization that comes to mind when they say trying to provide more than Flipside Tactics. And that right now, out of all the endemic Rocket League guys who are still kicking and kicking about looking for a team, they would have to be Fnatic. So why is this not already a done deal? You know, like there's so much speculation, so many different subtweets and like, you know, passive aggressive sort 
sort of tweets coming in from guys from Triple Trouble and from Savage and obviously from, you know, some of the other guys uh, from, from, from the X-Flip side's roster themselves, you know? Like, w what is the situation right now? You know, what on earth is, is going on? I think you don't have to mention Savage. If if something is going on in the world of Rocket League, you can expect uh, Roken to just chip in on it for no reason. He he might not be even yep. any single part of this. He just want to be jump in and have a little bit of fun with it. So just 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 rile up the scene a little bit. Yeah, but it's it's interesting how it works out. But it's also you can't exactly trust everything that you see, or you you don't see a lot of the things that are currently happening. Uh, again, Savage themselves are currently once again hinting that they uh, that the sign up is pretty close. They've been previously have been rumored that they will be going and signing up with the Barcelona uh, out of all teams. So that's something already. But unless something is happening, all those hints, wink, winks, suggestion, those those eye emojis that uh, people are, are pro usually posting that signify something or might not signify anything at all. It's it's all a part of I guess entertainment that comes with the esports scene, and um, there are also leaks of pretty reliable ones, and sometimes it's just uh, absolute poppycock. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I I certainly would believe that right now, you know, Savage are, are, are certain. I mean, you know, we can talk about this in another sort of like you know segment because I think like you know the whole situation with the uh, with, with signing with Barcelona, because um, like, the reason why they wanted to sign with Barcelona was because they wanted to be part of another tournament which still hasn't taken off yet. Right, we're in March, LPE. I'm going to call them out again. They were supposed to start in January. Still seen sweet fucker will come out of those guys. <laughs> um, you know, not, no offense to the guys working behind it. You know, I know their lead commentator is a really good friend of mine from Counter Strike. So so I can't, no, I don't want to rag on them too much. Uh, but, you know, like, it, it, at the same time, I sort of like thinking to myself, like, do Savage still want to sign with this, uh, with, with, with FC Barcelona right now? Do they want to do that? Do they want to bother with that? Do they want to try and see if they can sneak it away from Fnatic before Flipside or the X Flipside guys get involved? I mean, I don't know. I'm not sure. We'll have to find out as time goes on because there's still a lot more news to talk about. We've already gone into like 20 minutes of discussing on two news topics. So let's go to our third and final one, of course. Complexity have officially announced that Flakes is joining them. This is a massive pickup for them, obviously, because, you know, me and Bacon over the last few, you know, last few months of the podcast, we were saying this team is now gone to shit ever since they got rid of uh, uh, Metanaris. I was thinking Greasy Meister and Mognison a lot were going to go their own different ways. A lot obviously did. He went to Mouse Sports. And now Flakes has come in, brought this team to DreamHack Leipzig. They had an okay run at Leipzig. Um, I can put that down to mostly his nerves, but if they can replicate that online performance from the qualifiers in the RLS, RS this team could still do some pretty decent damage, Jam. Uh, my, my feel is that with the pickup of Flakes, Complexity uh, can do that one uh, first place run. Because the teams uh, that are currently in the league, plus uh, the ones that will be coming in, obviously the teams that will be coming in, it's, it's a whole other topic in its own. We'll be talking about just a little bit later. But I feel like the Flakes pickup is the best chance for complexity to sort of wipe out their um, fiasco that was the firing of Metsonaris. That's This is their best chance because I agree with you completely. What happened to complexity was an absolute and utter crap show. But they brought it on themselves. They couldn't recover. They fell down. But with the with their pickup, with the transfer that they picked up, I, I absolutely felt in love in how Flakes was playing. Uh, see him play in uh, in uh, Renegade Cups, just something else, just a 
eye-opening performance, really, for me. Uh, he just continuing on performing really save, or really carried. He didn't just save, he carried Complexity Gaming through the Leipzig qualifiers. And then while the performance at the event itself uh, wasn't the greatest, it's, well, it's still, it's, it's uh, growing pains, I suppose. They sort of still have time to uh, work with together. But it feels to me that Complexity completely hit it out of the park with that signing and I'm I'm hoping for all the best for Complexity. I've been a fan for a long, long time. Really only Magnus remains from that team, but I'm I'm looking forward to the future that it holds for Complexity. Yeah, I mean, yeah, certainly he is the bubble pickup, essentially. You know, like he, he is the defining bubble pickup, the guy, you know, who came from the bubble scene to really like change the way the team sort of plays you know like i often think of a lot of different counter-strike stories as one from like a fanatic counter-strike team where this new kid just came in as an in-game leader essentially a captain of a squad of veterans and old guard and he led them to three back-to-back -back championships it was fucking insane but i feel like flakes is sort of like the embodiment of that i don't think he'll go so far as to lead the back-to-back -back championships with how thin they are really spread apart in the rocket league scene um but i i, I want to see what complexity do from here on out especially in the online circuit you know like those guys can do some damage they proved it in the Leipzig in the Leipzig qualifiers so let's see what they can do in the RLCS league play uh oh, sorry RLRS league play I really should say because obviously they have to play in another season but I can see them going 7-0 honestly I can see them going 7-0 if they can keep up with the bubble scene players because of course at the end of the show we'll be talking more about those guys in just a short few minutes but before we get to that though it's time for our mailbag segment let's to let's take some questions from the viewers and the people who enjoy listening and watching this podcast I mean you need a little bit of like a jingle to sort of transition in to the mailbag jam. Oh no! Like I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking at like some like little bits of music and stuff. I'm gonna like try and get like an intro, an intro video done. Like it, it's, it's slow progress because like you know the amount of graphic work that needs to go into like doing the video side of it is really what holds us back. Um, and also licensing music, that shit is expensive. It's the most expensive thing in the world trying to license good music. So you know. And I'm going to do it the legit way because I, I, that's the way I just kind of roll. So, yeah, I, I will get some jingle music, promise, rest assured. Um, but let's just uh, let's move on without any jingle music and talk about our mailbag. Of course, if you want to suggest a, suggest a question, submit a topic, uh, send anything through via our mailbag, you can type exclamation mark Discord in the Twitch chat or check the Discord links in the show notes and video descriptions of every single podcast where you can find a link to our Discord server and our community of a nice few little people who enjoy Rocket League esports. And you can send us a question and chances are we'll answer it live on air. And our first question today of two comes from Geordie Unknown, long-time listener. Uh, not really asked too many questions, actually, but it's fine. It's okay. Because uh, it's actually a pretty interesting one because he asks us, do you think Rocket League Esports has peaked? Do you think that with the po with possibly free to play in the pipes uh, for upcoming years, this will be a resurgence and top dark horses for the RLRS qualifiers? We're going to leave the RLRS qualifiers for later, obviously. Um, but let's start with our first question. Jam, do you think Rocket League Esports has peaked? No. Absolutely not. While we're seeing what we're seeing right now is the peak of Rocket League, it's uh, it's definitely there's more. Uh, people are finding new uh, technical qualities to the game, a little bit of maneuvers that nobody could have performed before. And while yes, it looks like it's uh, like what else can be possibly done? We've seen all the the pinches, the the flicks, the everything, the flip resets. 
there's still uh, enough space to master those and also to find new moves. What, what people are sometimes doing and uh, posting on, on Reddit, like, hey, I did a double reset off the ceiling with, with something else. To master that takes time, and in the process, you can find something else. Uh, with with the way that the scene is also being developed with with the modding, like Beckis mod, that allows you to practice a myriad of uh, of things with the bot scene. Actually, I'm feeling that there's also a lot of potential in the bot scene since um, uh, people are actually training uh, Rocket League bots in um, those neural uh, whatever it's called simulations, I suppose, where a computer just learns how to play uh, the game without you telling it how to play it. And it, it might be a little bit like look into the future, a little bit of a Blade Runner-y kind of thing, but if uh, a computer can actually come up with something that the players couldn't come up on their own, that could also be an amazing um, sort of uh, blast for uh, for the rest of the scene. At least that's how I'm looking at this. If Rocket League Esports, it's, it, it definitely has a lot in front of it. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with you 100%. Like, you know, I think that from a, from terms of a viewer standpoint and where we sort of like are in terms of our viewership numbers and our stats on Twitch and shit, like we have stagnated a little bit, but I think that's because nothing interesting is being brought to the table. Like, you know, um, in terms of like production and, and, and the streams, not in terms of the gameplay, because obviously, as you were saying, people are innovating every day. And, you know, it, it seems like, you know, that maybe we did like sort of like hit a bit of a spike in the landing finals we had that you know obviously some incredible level of gameplay some incredible rocket league being played at that one i don't think vegas kind of lived up to that hype but then it kind of like got back into the swing of things that e-league and leipzig was looking really really stats and really really fucking good it was such a good entertainment value of things um i just think that when it comes to the viewers they are feeling not burnt out but they are feeling a little bit tired of seeing or like well, what's, what's, well, I don't know what the word is per se, but it's like when you don't see enough of a certain of a certain piece of content, so you sort of forget about it and you never see it again. Like that one movie that you like, you, you watched at the cinema and you thought it was really, really good, but you didn't really pay it much mind. So in the end, you just kind of forget about it and then it doesn't crop up until like some other point um, in, in, in time. And you say, like, oh, I remember that thing. It's sort of like, I think that's what we have an issue with right now. Viewer retention is the, is the, is the term I'm using for you. We're having trouble retaining our viewers. I think a primary part, a primary part purpose of that is again something i've been saying for ages is the fact that we don't have enough tournaments going on uh, you mentioned this earlier the weeklies are out of play and they're not even supported by sonics when they are um we've had some of the monthlies come through and yeah they've had some pretty decent viewer numbers for the hardcore audiences but when it comes to top tier lands when it comes to top tier competitions there ain't really much out there other than the pro circuit right now and the rlcs you know yeah, it's it's uh, really a little bit of a drought and with ESL dropping out, with Gfinity oh, that, dropping that's, out. That's a big, big fucking loss, those two right there. Like, you know, yeah, it's, those, it's those guys that, you know, ESL did kind of lose its sort of like like sheen after a certain after a certain period of time. We're looking at that, that tournament. I was like, didn't really quite take it seriously, but everyone loved playing Gfinities and that was sort of like the, the one-stop shop for, you know, screaming and testing out how like a, good, a, a, a new player will work within the context of a squad and also just playing generally to it to increase your your skills, you know? And, and now that we've lost those two tournaments, like, like, that's a big fucking blow to the scene right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping there will be some, some new openings. Uh, definitely, people are looking into the scene. Um, I'm seeing many more uh, local leagues pop up. Um, at, at this very moment, uh, uh, the uh, French uh, league is happening, the Rocket Baguette Rising Stars. TCS Esports League in Switzerland will be starting pretty soon, their second mm. season. Uh, after the success of the first one, and I do know that uh, actually uh, there there's things in the works that are currently happening, and um, I'm I'm loving that the Rocket League is getting a start on a local level, uh, plus on the student level as well. If I'm not mistaken, was it 
just a couple of days ago, it could be even yesterday, that either the qualifiers or the first matches of the European uh, College Association, I'm, I'm butchering the name, but uh, just look it up. Uh, it, it's the uh, Now the colleges are also sort of getting, uh, participating in, in the various tournaments uh, all over the Europe. So that's another start, but that's not exactly it. That's sort of the CRL. That's the college level on the NA side. But that's not exactly the professional level. It's it's a yeah, good sort of a think, starting point, but it's it's no Gfinity, is what I'm saying. I, I think the, the problem right now with with the way that they're approaching CRL is that they're going into it way 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 too early. Like esports as, as a whole has not hit the point where college, collegiate, or university esports fucking works. You know, like if you wanted to be an independent tournament organizer that organized university leagues, like the NSE, for example, or was it NASFA is the other one? I think it's from North America. I can't remember the actual name for the American ones because that's how little actually care about collegiate esports right rocket league has not got a defined professional scene therefore there is no point in doing crl right and crl itself you can sort of prove this in the point of, of the viewers perspective as well because you watch crl and it has the lowest viewership among all the sonic sponsored tournaments even the fucking renegade cup had more tournament uh, had more viewers and had more attention around it uh, not only from the uh, from the uh, What's it from the from the from the community side of things when we were doing it with Copenhagen Flames or Rewind Gaming or Rival Esports or whoever basically you know when we when we were doing it with those guys even those had a lot more viewers and CRL gets right now on the official Rocket League channel like that's how little people care about CRL and I know that people want to say oh collegiate esports collegiate esports is the future like that's not how esports works it's it's not you know and especially in Rocket League right now where we could still have space to define like two or three different feeder tiers into the RL RLCS as a whole and still we're trying to put more money into like you know collegiate level stuff and 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 regional stuff and regional stuff isn't isn't so much of a sin per se i don't think because obviously i think if you have that regional fan base you should capitalize on it i know lucas just put in chat for instance that esl are now focusing on regional tournaments they've always had regional offices regional um They've always had like a regional sort of base uh, when it comes to how they operate things. So they've got offices in London and Cologne and Poland, and and obviously they've got stuff in North America, in California, and then there's also a, a studio down in um, is it Sao Paulo? I think it is. Uh, I can't remember the city specifically, but it's in Brazil somewhere, basically. So like ESL themselves have always been sort of a big about developing the national circuits, and yeah, they've done that right here. You know, they've developed the national circuit. You know, and, and I think that's great for them and everything, but. It only does so much for the really, really significant level, you know, the really, really sort of like, you know, the RLRS and the RLCS positions, you know? It's it's a liberating ground for talent, it seems. It's, it's only a question of sort of combining those things and the, and the again, RLRS, RLCS. It, it does seem a little bit disjointed, but um, I, I, I guess you'll have the more experience with looking into it. Uh, again, with your uh, participation in uh, CS:GO and uh, PUBG, although PUBG is still sort of young and it's still well, it's 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 more most defined of the battle royale sports, I'd say, because uh, yeah. currently watching. Well, let's put it this uh, way. Let's put it this way, right? Yeah, PUBG have got their shit together because they've actually got themselves a fucking set of national circuits for all the regions: Europe and CIS, North America, South America. Central Asia, Southeast Asia, fucking Africa for fuck's sake. You know, like they've got they've got all this shit laid out. They've got everything they need. 
and they're still working on developing it so they can do that way when they do have a stable system when they do have a stable scene they can focus on the collegiate stuff later you know like they, they've taken they've taken everything into account and they're focusing on the most important things first and that is to have a top tier tournament system that people can work towards when they do want to look into collegiate systems and how those work into the overall thing whereas it seems like CRL in its own right it's just its own little side thing that you know while it gets a lot of attention from Psyonix doesn't really integrate into the scene as a whole yeah, yeah. In, in, in that regard, I completely agree with you. It is a thing. I think good things can come out of uh, involving uh, players at a... Well, that's not exactly young and tender age. Here we have Scrub Killer, who couldn't play in the majority of the tournaments because he, because he was too young. And obviously, the colleges and universities, it's, it's already 18 and plus. But it's, yeah, it's seemingly like it's not exactly fitting into the whole scene. And it's obviously ours, uh, our own preferences speaking that we really like to see a little bit more of a third level of Rocket League, the bubble scene to be uh, noticed by Sonics. And thankfully they have. It's just that I suppose we're, we're hoping for even more and uh, with the attention that's mostly being on NA that Sionics is providing, we are a little bit bitter but still hopeful for the future. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Rest assured, mate. Rest assured. Not a little bit bitter, mate. I'm very fucking bitter. You know, I, again, I feel like that will benefit us more if we had a third tier and a fourth tier to expand things to, to you know, to, to give sort of like a pathway up to the RLCS. But, you know... I think we sort of talked about how Rocket League has peaked or whether it has peaked and whether and how it can go further, I think, more than anything else. Uh, but to bring back to Geordie's second question, obviously, he says, do you think that with possibly free-to-play in the pipes for upcoming years, this will be a resurgence? Do you think we'll be able to resurge if we saw free-to-play? And while I don't think necessarily that we've peaked per se, I think that free-to-play is always a good thing for any particular game uh, as a model because it gives that access to everybody else. You know, Psyonix are already making money off the Rocket Pass, which is its own little thing you have to pay for, off the crates, which you have to pay for as well. You know, there, there's there's all these other revenue streams that Rocket League has right now, and I think honestly, it, it's the most it's the most ideal thing just to push it into a free-to-play model at any point. The Sonics really needs to, you know, they don't really have to because I think it was brought up in another conversation, another podcast that they don't have to because Rocket League is still selling games. You know, it's still one of the highest selling games on Steam right now. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm I don't think I need to do it right here, but with free-to-play, I think it's something down the pipeline that yes, will bring in new talents. I don't think it's necessary. It it's definitely won't hurt. I, I don't think uh, introducing the game to even a broader audience would hurt us. So yes, uh, of course the like there will be an influx of new players, and I can already imagine people complaining. Oh my god, I'm getting all these newbies in my ranked games. Holy crap! Well, get yeah, them, that's get what happened after the fucking hard reset. In it, everyone was like, everyone <laughs> shit at my tear. Get oh, me yeah. back to grand champ or whatever it is, you know. Yeah, you, you will be hearing that for a long, long time. Yeah, but hey, it, it, it comes with a territory, and I'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Just just having more people. Thankfully, Rocket League is a very universal esport, but also also very um, general admission, whatever the term might be. Unlike CS:GO, uh, unlike all the shooters, unlike the uh, League of Legends and Dota's, unlike any of the games when you have to destroy someone or kill someone or something else it's of course esports are currently uh, right now are much more accepted than they've been before still uh rocket league and stuff like e um sports titles fifa and everything else are something that can be shown to anyone everyone nobody will say god well you're playing so, so these violent games it's not a violent game 
It's a game that is non-violent, which is a rarity in esports styles, and it's a game that can be understood by many without the need to really delve into it. That's the perfect recipe. So really opening it up to more people, I mean, I'll only be happy if that happens. Yeah, well, I mean, I, again, I feel like the, just in terms of just general video game ethics, I think that they should open up to free to play because they're already making money off these other avenue streams. But again, Sonics don't really have any need to. People are still buying the game, and I don't blame them for not necessarily doing that. So there you go. Jordy, thank you for your questions. Uh, we're going to move on to our last question, though, from Switch. Massive shout-outs to Switch, by the way, because he put together a big database of RL, RLR's potential bubble te teams, essentially. And we use that to base our entire feature segment for today. Well, so massive shout-outs to Switch, my man. You are an absolute legend. Not even I can keep track of this shit so the fact that you did is insane so thank you very much of course i'll be happy to answer your question and of course he asks do you think that rocket league will reach a point where it's almost completely random as to who wins a major minor qualifiers for an event etc and you can also see that tylacto has responded with already on the reaction <laughs> standard top memes right there uh, which certainly could be making made an, made an argument right there of whether it would be the case uh, that right now we are in a situation where random teams do kind of win a major or a minor or a qualifier because you take a look at the last few qualifiers and it's like well we had four different teams qualify for four different spots in two different tournaments in WSOE and, and, and DreamHack Leipzig and you take a look at the land victories going back you've had Dingatas win one Flipside have won one TSM have won one and Cloud9 have won one so it almost could sort of be like made you could almost make the argument for that sake um, but I think that honestly the, the, the reason why it looks so random as it is right now is because there aren't enough LAN events to sort of like just have a, like a big sort of deep pool the reason why we say there are so many consistent teams in Counter-Strike is because we have so many tournaments about at so many different levels that we can take a look at the context of how each tournament fits in and we can see right well Astralis have won fucking 15 tournaments in the last 6 months so yeah they are the best team in the world right now by a country mile um, but if we only had the two majors a year then maybe it wouldn't be the same because Astralis wouldn't be, you know, because, you know, there's a bit of a, a, a smaller pull to pull from. Um, and I don't think that Astralis would have so much, you know, so, so much opportunities to flex their muscles in grand finals and such. As for when, when will we reach a point as to, as to how random it would be? Like, I think, honestly, it's a cycle. Like, sometimes you'll have, like, dominant forces. Sometimes you'll have dominant teams. Sometimes you'll have uh, uh, squads. Uh, you, sometimes you'll have squads who you know smash it out of the water, like your Gale Force and Dignitas that did for like, two seasons. And then sometimes you'll have situations where maybe that Dignitas side has fallen off, and now you've got a bit of a scramble to see who's the top team in the world. I certainly think we're in that particular element, as is the case with the Dignitas example. Yeah, I absolutely agree. The fact that we are not having that many tournaments uh, sort of introduces that a little bit of uncertainty, while so many different winners. Of course, we have uh, Dignitas winning the DreamHack. We had the Weedham Girls winning the Elite Cup. And, of course, there had been a change here and there. Uh, of course, uh, C C9 with their wins. It's it's. I think it, it, it comes, yeah, comes with the fact that not much is happening. And if there will be more tournaments, definitely we'll see a little bit more of stability. We're also seeing a big change right now. For example, there the, with, with the whole um, rock, uh, roster shuffle. It'll be again a completely uh, a new question as as to who who will be on the top right now, and only the the start of the season will tell, because it's still a big 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 question. And I'm looking forward to it, and I'm also looking forward to who else will be coming in because there are some people who are holding on since the season one. There are some people who just came in and made a name for themselves, and I say thanks to that because that just keeps the scene fresh, it keeps everyone involved, it uh, creates new stars and heroes. 
and it, it only allows the scene to grow. Yeah, you know, and, and with so many great players, so many great teams, like honestly, I could see any number of the professionals tiered leveled squads like coming up and saying, we're going to sign these bubble players, we're going to sign this bubble scene or this bubble team, we're going to sign this duo or this one individual player. And I sort of like with what Flakes did uh, to complete, or what Complexity did with Flakes, you know, like they're, 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 it, is, it is quite a bit of a tussle to try and get that top spot right now. I think that there are some elements that will come out consistent. Obviously, Dignitas have just won a new tournament. Um, so, you know, and we're keeping two-thirds of their original roster, you know, plus the fact Flipside are coming up and they've picked up a pretty good player. So now they're looking just as good and building on what they already established with Yukio. You know, you're looking at like such, such a situation where there could be anyone to make it out right now. And again, I feel like that it's just a, it's just a cycle. You'll see one team dominate, then we'll see a scramble, then we'll see a team come out of the ashes and dominate, and then we'll see a scramble, and so on and so forth. As generally history tends to sort of like, you know, as, as history tends, tends to, uh, as history tends to teach, I think, for esports, because it's not just Rocket League that does this, it's Counter-Strike that does this, it's uh, um, Dota that does this, it's also um, StarCraft that does this, it's just a trend that you observe, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's we've seen Dignitas, their dominating streak. Uh, we've seen, of course, in North America, NRG, C9 trading blows. It's, I think it's, yeah, it's absolutely normal. Don't, don't forget, we are a pretty young sport, and there's still things that are being developed, found out. I'm still not sure how much there is an involvement of uh, of coaches on the strategy approaches to the game. Like mm. I, I, I know I've I've seen plenty of League of Legends matches, of CS:GO matches. I know how much of uh, a big planning sort of setup, how much planning goes into a game against your opponent. So many things can be checked. So many strategies can be worked through. You can check their strategies. You can work out counter strategies. In League of Legends, Dota's that's uh, champion picks. In CS:GO, that's just uh, how how the teams are being set up. In Rocket League, it's sort of it doesn't have that aspect, but there's still a lot that you can work through. And since the uh, coaches are never allowed on C on sort of um, to uh, chat with the players during the series or even before the series uh, on stage, it sort of hides that aspect. And I think there's still a lot of work that can be done. I might be wrong just because I don't see it, but it seems like there's a, still a, a big opening. Whoever really corners the market on really being the best analyst um, and being the best uh, sort of preparer for, for the games or best coach, uh, I think can really start a, a dynasty as it is. Yeah, I feel like, um, you know, I certainly feel like there's more room for coaches. Me and Bacon talked about this a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the idea of a tactical pause in Rocket League. You know, they're having a chance to sort of like stop in the middle of a series and just, you know, just so to get like a two minutes essentially, just to, just, to, just to have a chat with your coach about what's going on right now and have him kind of sort of come in and give his own opinion, give you sort of like a way to work in. Or even during the 60 second period, the coach can just come in on comms and start speaking to the, uh, you know, to, to the team right now. I think that's, an, that's, that's something that possibly Gfinity could implement because obviously, they have like a big land environment obviously it's week in week out league play i think that could they think i think there's a story somewhere to be found where an underdog team brings in this guy who's a coach right and they're really good like you know they're a good solid three-man squad they're just not quite getting it into the into the playoffs with like a gfinity for example like let's just say reason gaming for example reason gaming and their and their old team with Shakaron and calyx and so on and so forth those guys right imagine if they had like a coach 
let's say Digital Bacon, for example, J just because obviously I miss him this week. Um, let's say Digital Bacon came in as the coach for Reason Gaming, right? And not only did they barely scrape their way through the group stage, but they also got to the grand finals against fucking Method. And not only did Method, not only did they struggle against Method, they also came forward and they, ha they were 3-0 down. Bacon comes up with a fucking, you know, uh, a tactical pause essentially two minutes to talk to his teammates they all gather around the huddle in the middle of a table and just sort of like talk it through have like a bit of a, a, a great broadcast moment essentially and then they go back and then they reverse sweep the whole thing to get the championship right there like that would be an absolute that would be like a justin goal rlcs moment right that would be like a historical landmark watershed moment for coaches in rocket league right now and i think that that's where it happens in 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 the gfinity elite series eu or oce you know like I, and i think coaches have a bit of a bigger role to play in in the in the matches themselves and not just as this sort of like you know life coach basically not just sort of, sort of like motivational guy someone who actually you know has impact in the matches themselves i'm, I'm loving that scenario already i'm, I'm imagining it <laughs> it's lovely it's absolutely some, something for the ages yeah it, it will be great to see i know that uh, teams are employing the analysts dignus has just recently have uh, have been actually looking for an analyst for themselves uh they've set up a, a bunch of tasks for potential empl employees um uh, a couple of, uh, of our friends have actually applied good luck to them i'm not sure if uh, the position has been filled already or not but it's it's something that's happening but i would love to see coaches involved because seeing uh, players just sit there on stage and sort of throw a couple of phrases here and there but not really talking through as to what's happening maybe they're understanding it on some different level but seemingly if they can actually break it down and regroup and come in against strong with the help of someone who actually can observe the game from the side it will be a big change but obviously both teams will be able to use that so may the best coach win and i don't i don't see any negatives in that it's yeah, yeah I, I see only the positive for the scene absolutely i absolutely agree with that i don't see any negatives i don't see any massive like issues that could potentially crop up with having a coach in the background so maybe it might happen maybe it might not you know gfinity already allows people to stand managers and coaches to stand behind their teams at the elite series so maybe we might see again maybe we might have that moment maybe we might have that scene that happens and changes the role of coaches forever but thank you regardless for your question switch and uh thank you very much to everybody else who has sent in their mailbags over the course of the last few weeks we have been running a little bit dry uh but of course we always appreciate any contributions you can make but again if you want to get involved, if you want to send us a mailbag that we'll a mailbag question that we'll answer live on air, it's explanation mark Discord in the Twitch chat right now, or find the links in the show notes and the video descriptions for the audio and video versions of the podcast. Right, let's get on to our feature this week, which of course is our RLRS team rundown. We've got a lot of teams to talk about, obviously, because not only we're we going through the the four squads that made it through in, our, in this next season from the last season, and the four squads that of course dropped out. We're also going to be going through as many of the bubble scene teams as we can and i say as many as we can because there are literally hundreds of the fuckers and there is no <laughs> way we're going to be able to cover every single squad sort of um you know every single squad's chances at the moment but again i want to say a massive shout out to switch for this one because he made a massive spreadsheet of basically every player who signed up or every significant player who signed up for the rlrs qualifiers and it's like my dude you made my life so much easier you are the the budget liquipedia basically so let's go through and talk about <laughs> let's talk about some of the squads that of course stayed in from the last season so we'll start with team secret uh, since Freaky and Flame are sticking together, uh, uh, along and they've, uh, they've left out um, 
They've left out Tylacto and they brought in Niels Cook as their main. But Tylacto is still going to stay on as a sub. You know, he tried to sort of like float around different squads, tried to see if he can find a way to work in, but it never quite worked out for his side of things. Secret, however, are going to bring him on as a substitute instead. And uh, uh, they're going to be competing under the Veloce. Uh, Veloce? 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 I don't even know. Um, don't Vacan uh, 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 said Veloce uh, last week. So I'm going to call him Veloce. Uh, and they're going to be competing with a chance to make it into the uh, ROCS once again. They came within two games of doing it last season, but they lost two games, and obviously they only held top four, which is, of course, what made Tylacto in the end quit. And it's quite curious, actually, because over the course of since the last season, over the course of the offseason, we have seen Secret kind of just crumble a little bit. You know, they've struggled quite a lot, you know, in, in the few tournaments that they have played out. And I'm not sure where they stand going into this next season, to be honest. Well, their, their position might be a little bit shaky, but they're still stayed with it. They don't have to fight through it again, as many teams will have to. And boy, there are a lot of challengers. Still, it's it's especially with the with all of those extra teams coming in, with all the teams we'll be talking about later. Really, almost nobody is safe. Uh, we have some um, like Method, Fnatic, and Complexity Gaming are the teams that also will be staying here. But really, with their changes to the rosters as well in uh, Fnatic, of course, losing their organization and uh, currently being orderless, playing as Vikings, it's. Secret are not safe, but I'm I'm, I'm happy to see a, a freaking flame sticking uh, together. And with Nilsko joining them, Nilsko has been around, just jumping from one squad to the other for a really long time. Has been really finding much success. But the fact that he's playing on on her all rush level, it's already uh, something that's like only 0.01 percent of all people playing our uh, Rocket League do less than that. I'm pretty sure. So he's he's in a good company, and uh, seeing him still being recognized. It's, it's a nice thing to see. Still, Team Secret wouldn't exactly say, yeah, that they're the necessary the favorites of the next season of Arl Rares. No, absolutely not. I mean, it certainly is great to see Niels Cook come into this squad and actually kind of boost them up to a point where they were looking good. You know, again, they, they were able to qualify for DreamHack Leipzig because of his efforts and because he was brought into that team. Um, and obviously his stock is at an all-time high right now because last time around when he was... Um, uh, he was playing with uh, the XL, XL squad or the schnoozers by the end of it, you know, uh, when they brought Breezy in and it was uh, him, Ponex and Breezy. They, they were doing really, really good stuff together, that three man. It's a shame they didn't quite go as far as they could have done, I think. Um, but in the end, it kind of did give Nils Cook and Ponex a bit of a breath of fresh air having Breezy uh, in, in their side. And they've done... They've done really, really good stuff uh, together. So having him come into this squad, define it more secret. Oh, as, as Veloce, I'm gonna have some serious trouble calling him Veloce. Like the secret, secret's not one of those teams that's been around for ages, and it's like, well, now that they're gonna move to a different organization, it's gonna take some time getting used to. As the Eternal J will take some time getting exactly. used to as well for everybody else. So uh, I guess it's kind of karma against my own side of things, but whatever. Um, yeah, I, I, again, I, I can see them possibly staying in the RLRS. I don't think they'll make promotions this time around again. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure one of the spots is already taken by Complexity Gaming, unless there is an even bigger crap show by them and they manage to drop out even out of RLRS or just just don't don't make it um, in, into the oh, oh through the promotions. But yeah, it's just too too much fighting will be will be happening there. Uh, Veloce have picked up a strong squad and will be we're we're wondering who can they possibly pick up, and they ended up with the X Team Secret roster. 
it's it's just too competitive. It it'll be a theme throughout the rest of the segment, the fact how competitive the bubble scene currently is and just how many names could be possibly put into contention for the spots in RLRS. So Team Secrets their position is um, sort of okay-ish, but nothing the sorts of complexity, nothing the sorts of domination that Triple Trouble and Savage had the, the previous season. So they're just there. Good for them. Feel free to surprise us. I always uh, like a, a good surprise, a team that suddenly just shows up out of nowhere. Those are well-known names by this point, but they still can prove to be something. They, if they find suddenly find their chemistry, all you need sometimes is just change a, a player here and there, and all of a sudden you're just shooting down, uh, shooting up to the top. Yeah, and there is potential, I think, for them to shoot up to the top, but I'm not going to put my money on it this season, I don't think. Uh, but a team that I certainly could trust to do a little bit of damage is the now All-Netherlands roster in uh, in Method. Rick's Ronde, Burrito B, and now most likely Oslo at this point. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's a done deal, to be honest uh, here. Like, I, I can't see a way where... Oslom would not be playing with this squad, especially with how well he's fit in after they lost Cassio. Like, I kind of wanted the Cassio to stay on method right there. I really wanted him to stay like, right, th this could end up, you know, like th th this this squad with Cassio looked like they were doing some really good work. Again, they had a pretty, very, very good run actually in the Infinity Elite series. Like, so much so that we, I barely even noticed them because like, you know, they, they were just silently sneaking in and getting as many wins and topping out their group. And then of course they ran straight through to the grand finals and beat everybody without even breaking a sweat, it felt like. You know, that, that's how good they were. They were so good, I didn't even notice. Um, with Ocelon, I don't think it's an upgrade for Method, um, but I think that possibly that little like national pride sense certainly for Rick's Ronde and Burrito, OB themselves might be able to bring a little bit into the fold when it comes uh, when, when it comes to method being able to, to do well in the next season. It, it definitely helps, and uh, I think just just having a, a pot potential to actually even meet together, even practice together in the same room, that's already a huge boon for a team. And uh, all they need again is just a little bit of time. Bricks Ronda and Burrito B has been together for quite a while now. They sort of got themselves a duo going. If and if if Aslan will indeed fit out in, into that team. Uh, like the, that much needed third player, then uh, Method can turn their luck around. They didn't have much luck in the uh, Renegade Cup Finals. Yes, they had a, pr a pretty good result. They've uh, uh, they've won uh, the uh, Neon Dream, of course, but it hasn't been the best final run. MCON Esports were just too good, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, MCON certainly are a team that's still, like, you know, they're, 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 we'll get onto them in a minute, uh, to be honest, but I think that certainly that Method have a good shout to, uh, to to rival them because they are sort of like the national duelists, you know. They, they, they MCON are from the Netherlands as well, unless they're from France. No, they're from the Netherlands. Sorry, scratch that. I'm being an idiot. Um, are they from the Netherlands, actually? Yeah, they are. Okay, sorry. I, I, I just thought, because, like, literally, because obviously, like, the French flag is just that, but just turned it around, basically. So I can't, I, I always forget which one's which um, uh, from, from between Netherlands and French flags. But bo bottom line is that, you know, when it comes to national duels, like, they can have a bit of a, they, they can be a bit messy and they can be a bit random. Uh, and, again, that's something I've observed in not only Rocket League, but also in other esports as well. Um, I think the method, however, they've been on a scary run these last few months. Not only the Elite Series finals, but also their run through the Neon Dream. Um, I think they possibly could have done a lot better in the Renegade Cup Finals if it wasn't best of threes throughout the entire bracket. Um, you know, I, I certainly think it was best of fives and best of sevens in the lower, upper, and grand finals. Then we would have seen a bit more of a better performance uh, from the uh, from the boys over at Method. So, you know, I'm, I'm expecting good things out of them this season. 
I think there's a that there's a chance there's a there's a chance I think that they'll be able to get into contention for or get in, get into the top two this season. It's it's certainly a possibility. It's uh, again, it's a question of whether the third player, whoever that might be, most likely Aslan, whether he will really be a good fit. And since we don't really have much to go off. You mentioned Jufinti Elite Series that ended up a long, long time ago. The the Renegade Cup has already finished as well. It it has been a month since that happened, and we haven't really seen much. So at this point, there's a lot of speculation, but I'm I'm liking their chances. Really, Method might turn and luck around uh, with this acquirement of uh, some sort of a Dutch player. Actually, now that I'm thinking about it, what if they pick up someone from MCON or Team Akuzulu? Just set another roster big swap in motion. That'll be that'll be something else because there there's some great players in those teams. Yep, I mean it's possible. I mean, I, I don't think it will happen honestly because like they've got a lot more history with with Arcelon in terms of him just being on Team Envious prior to this in the Elite Series, and you know, just in general, his sort of like you know, track record has been on some pretty decent squads. And the Clappers, he was a part of, you know, in the past, and the Envy squad that gave actually quite a little bit of hell uh, to a method back when they were uh, back 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 when they were playing in the Elite Series. So, I think that probably Arcelon is the best bet for them. I don't think they'll sign anyone from MCON. I don't think MCON want to let any of their players go just because, obviously, they're one of the teams that could possibly make it into the uh, into the RLRS this season based off their recent performances in qualifiers and, of course, the DreamHack Leipzig tournament. So, you know, we will come on to them in a second. I think Oslon is pretty much a done deal, though. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident in that one, Jam. Yeah, well, we'll we'll go with that then. Uh, we don't have the bacon predictions today, bacon rumors. But... Bacon's bullshit. <laughs> 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 yes, indeed. The, the, the inside source, the official inside source of Liquipedia, bacon. Mm-mm. But we'll, we'll go with that. Indeed, it, it's, it's the most likely one. It's actually, surprisingly enough, it's not on Liquipedia, the fact that Ostland will be joining it. So seemingly we're just a step ahead of them on that one. Lukash, what's up with that? We'll never know. But let's You're go slacking, to the. You're slacking, Lucas. <laughs> You're slacking, blonde. Uh, do uh, let, let's go to the uh, next team that will be participating in RLRS next season, and that is of course the X Fanatic squad. Snasky and Maestro have kept together the squad. They are playing as Vikings, have been sort of here and there, uh, of course, trying to get the qualification going for DreamHack as well. And Mummy Snow initially joined that X Fanatic squad, then left. Uh, but the word on the street is that since he wasn't able to find himself a team. He'll be rejoining his old teammates and they'll continue playing. Since if, if you can find a good squad and your ex-teammates are still participating in RLRS, I mean, that's that's a pretty darn good spot. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not really certain as to who can fit in to, 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 to the Vikings right now. I don't really see another another player um, other than Mummy, Smo, Mummy Snow right now, because obviously, as you say, he hasn't really found himself another team. Um, I, I haven't seen him practicing with a whole lot of other people, to be honest. Like, I'm, I'm not really sure... I'm not really sure where he goes, uh, where, where he goes other than back to the Vikings. Um, but then again, that also brings up... It also brings up the issue of how they're going to be able to perform if they have Mummy Snow back in on that side. Um, you know, because I'm not going to lie, they look like they really, really just like fizzled out by the end of their Elite Series run. You know, like I, I expected them to do to get into the playoffs, but they didn't quite do as well as I hoped they would. You know, like again, for such an organization as prestigious as Fnatic, like I'm looking at that like, well, 
what, 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 what's going on here, boys? You know, like, what's the, uh, what, 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 what's the, what's the situation uh, with, with, with this roster? Because like, they, they were looking all right. They were looking good. You know, they didn't make second to the Elite Series, but they had a few problems on the way there. Their group stage was shaky. AF at certain points, um, you know, their their run against um, was it Epsilon that ended up being a four to three, and obviously they ended up losing to Method four to two at the end of that one. So I, I still think that they certainly fizzled out by the end of their run. I certainly think, think that they fizzled out during the uh, uh, during the promotion playoffs. Obviously, um, you know, I'm 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 not sure what that three man can do anymore. That can potentially do some good work. I honestly feel like that of the of the teams that that make it into that that, that are staying into the RL from last season this is the one team that actually will end up dropping out in the next season my, my there prediction is a yeah there is there is a potential for that if they can uh, sort of really get themselves together and with players sort of leaving then rejoining I'm not exactly sure what the um, sort of the chemistry between the players is right now but I don't think it's it's helping that much if, if they if uh, they take that time to actually proper regroup and get themselves going uh, actually work on their problems uh, both like inner team or just their play style or play uh, skill level then they have a possibility but it's really a question of whether they can do that they fizzled out they might still be burned out and might indeed drop drop dead by the end of the season there are a couple of possibilities as to who perhaps might also fill their spots Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they pick uh, one of their uh, Danish compatriots Uh, Friss is uh, still around Pondex so um, there's still possibilities that there might be someone else uh, just joining them. Winter is playing in the qualifiers as well. Um, although I'm not sure how, how on, on what level Winter is currently uh, planning on participating in the RLRS shenanigans. Yeah, we'll break all that down in a bit more detail when we come to uh, looking at some of the bubble scene players uh, because we have a few more teams we want to cover from last season. Uh, Complexity, obviously, real good contenders for number one spot, as you mentioned uh, earlier when we talked about Flakes' transition. Honestly, I can see them going 7-0. I can see them just being able to smash everybody in this next season, so that's my thoughts on it. Um, now to the teams that didn't quite do so well. Um, uh, we'll start, actually, I'm going to start with XL and Copenhagen Flames because those two teams... Uh, they're, they're, they're actually the clappers as well actually for that matter There's, the, all those three of those teams are basically disbanded at this point they are no longer playing together they are no longer they're on different uh, uh, different teams in different uh, squads um, or, or they're just not playing in the qualifiers whatsoever in the case of Fries and Ocelon and, and Petrik uh, and, and, and Marky Duda actually because he's obviously gone ahead and as we mentioned earlier he's basically officially unofficially retired essentially um, so that leaves basically Nordavind uh, as the only team left standing with a chance to qualify into this next season of RLRS from the bottom four and I, I think they've actually had a bit of an improvement as of late you know um, they brought in they got rid of Godspill at the start and then they brought in uh, they brought in Sebadam from the uh, X Epsilon side or what, what were they called before Biltradam prior to that and you know they've had a couple of good online runs in the in in in, the, in, in recent tournaments. You know they had uh, a bit of a poor showing at the Leipzig qualifiers, which is there. Um, but in the all platform tournament in Rival Esports' uh, five hundred dollar all platform tournament cup for uh, Europe, they had a really really good performance on that one. Actually made it all the way to second place before losing out to ARG. Um, and I think that overall they have kind of looked at, like they've had a bit more a bit more polish to them. 
You know, I, I think they've had a bit more polish to them as of, as, as of late. You know, I think they've had a bit more, a bit more a flair to their side uh, compared to the way that things looked like at the end of the Elite Series when things definitely, definitely felt like they had gone, you know, a little bit topsy-turvy. Yeah, Nordovin, Nordovin decided to stick together what they have with, with their performance. Sort of, there have been a lot of hope regarding this team. You've seen them. Um, it's one of actually one of the original teams that has been supported by a uh, real life uh, football or soccer club. Uh, but that was a really long time ago at the start of 2018. But Dead and Al stuck uh, with each other. And Sabadem, I'm glad to see him on the team. He has been sort of trying to get it going with different squads. And seemingly as of late, he's more of an uh, on the rise. His performance previously has been really unstable. You never knew which Sabadem shows up on one day of the week. Sometimes it has been great. Sabadem will absolutely destroy everyone. Sometimes it was just... Sabadam is the reason why this team is currently losing. So having him on, on the roll and having Data and El Dente uh, still working with each other might bring Nordovan to some new interesting heights because really there isn't that much to their name. They've, they've been fighting for a long time. You see Nordovan think, okay, all right, they're, they're in this one. They're still trying. They're still practicing. It's just that... You, you never see them in the context of Nordovin sweeping the tournament uh, like, uh, without losing a single game or something like that. It's always Nordovin. All right, well, it, it'll be a challenge, but chances are, well, Nordovin will not be finding it in themselves in the top three. Yeah, and I wanted to ask about the performance to potentially make it into the top four. Are they going to be making it into the top four in this season? Um, I'll, let you, I'll let you say your piece on this one before I absolutely rail them. <laughs> <laughs> No, not really. Again, I'm 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 open to be surprised, but uh, with the with the names that we might be we'll be mentioning later on, I'm just not seeing it. It's, yeah, it's it, it'll be way too hotly contested for for them to be ending top four again. Their their performance was eh, I suppose. <laughs> Not, not, not really the best showing. I'm actually, I'm, I'm currently quickly checking. Uh, who exactly was it? No, I completely lost it. Well, uh, whenever we'll come to that. Uh, yeah, actually, it was Norman. My bad. Uh, they would like to reclaim their spot, but uh, the fact is, uh, when they were when they were playing in the previous season, they've lost to every single team in top four, and those four losses basically dropped them down to the fifth spot, and out they went. Went, and this season, it seemingly it might be even more, uh, like more, even more hardships for them on the way. So I'm not exactly seeing. It. Yes. Savage and Triple Trouble are out of the picture, but boy, there's so many new hot teams that we might see yet another new and shiny and just immediate from RL arrests to straight to next season RLCS. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement right there, honestly. Like, I was going to say something about how they'd be pathetic compared to the current rubble scene, but honestly, you've said it in a much more polite way. I can't really add anything to that because, yes. <laughs> Nordovin, I do not trust they're going to make it back in this time around. So let's go through some of the teams that might well do so. Um, we have compiled a big fucking list. Uh, and when I say a big fucking list, I mean... We've it's gone huge. through. We, we, we've got. We've got four teams that we've each picked. Roughly, some a little, a little bit of bleed over between those four squads. Um, <laughs> they're identical. <laughs> they're identical. Yes, they are identical. Um, and then we've got seventeen teams we've picked from the bubble scene that could possibly 
have a good run and make it to the RLRS this season. That's how fucking stacked EU is right now, right? That's how fucking stacked this qualifier is. We're not going to... I don't think we'll go too, too deep into the specifics of who's already qualified for the planes. I don't think we're going to go too... Um, you know, I don't think we're going to go so far as to do like, you know, uh, you know, start predicting like, you know, who's going to make it so far and so forth, because it's pretty expected that out of 128 teams, these lot should make it into the play-ins at least. Right. I don't Not All of them obviously are going to make it to that to the RLRS, but they should all make it to the top 128 to start. So let's start things off with Game Fist. This is a team that hasn't quite qualified as for the 128 yet, um, but they were one of the guys that they were one of the teams that we looked at during the Ember series and was like, okay, this team could actually do some damage. I did feel they were a little bit underwhelming uh, when when push came to shove, but honestly, I think that with a good day on their side, they they they, they can still make a run. I think they can still make a run. Yeah, the uh, the team of Brander swaggered and. Uh... Well, Lethal Kale and who was the last on their team? I'm currently looking at their roster Vano. for a completely different league, so I'm I'm slightly out of the loop. Vano, indeed. Uh, yeah, they were the surprise, and they were actually been picked up by uh, Gamefest as the tournament went on. Originally, they've been the Bim Bam Police, and we had a really good chuckle with that one. But Gamefest saw the uh, potential in them, and I think there is indeed indeed that they've been. Uh, amongst all the teams that have been participating in the Ember series, at least out of the ones we didn't exactly know what to expect of them, players that we haven't really seen, teams that have just sort of gathered and been under our radar, they have been the ones that have been sort of the head above everyone else. They they really had uh, a thing going on. They've clicked. It seems like they were working as a team, and that's sort of what separated them from the rest. They couldn't exactly go as far as really uh, uh, t kicking butts and taking names, but but there's still there's someone who you might look at uh, for for a future prospect because really a lot of teams that are currently making the waves have been around for a while and you might have not expected them at the very beginning of their journey but right now you you better beware and uh, Gamefest might be one of those teams. Yeah, they could well do. I mean, um, also just to, just to make a mention because I know that there is some people in chat thinking that that's our full list. That's not our full list. It's actually taken from a full blown document that's actually thrown together basically every single bubble scene team. So there's a lot more names if Ben can scroll up and down and demonstrate as of the point of what I'm trying to say because there's a fuck ton of squads and there's certainly a lot of teams and players that we're going to miss out on this list. I'm just going to say that as a caveat. I forgot to mention that there is a lot of teams a lot of players i'm sure we've overlooked one or two so do apologize um but we have we at the very least we have the main teams that we think are going to make it through so we'll get to those in a minute um let's talk about another team wlf um this squad is competing with uh, Lendo, CKS, Money Talk, uh, which is basically Money Talk sort of like, you know, regular squad. This is sort of the regular WLF of left going forward gaming. Um, not sure how they stand right now at this point in time, to be honest. Like, you know, I, I have some faith in the full Italian squad, but the full Italian squad has not always worked its magic in the grand scale of, of, of International Rocket League. Uh, well, WLF have been uh, trying to work their magic through the squad itself has been around for ages. There have been some changes over it. Of course, Polar came in, then Polar left, then of course, uh, uh, going forward gaming rather. Would be cool if the Guild Force picked them up, but no, it's going forward gaming. Uh, sort of had their stint with the team, um, and really for, for the team that they were, they, I think, 
perhaps came a little bit too low of the expectation, but still, they didn't really fall flat on their face. And what they've done was, was pretty remarkable, but clearly something has not worked out for them. Polar has now left, and uh, reverting back to a full-on Italian team might be a good change, uh, or maybe just uh, like a little bit of a, a bandage on, on a spot that should be fixed uh, some other way. As always, I'm all excited to see what Team WF has in store. They're a team that I feel uh, has great adjustability. Uh, they were the team that actually won the uh, Rally Sports Stadium Cup. So where uh, the play has been happening on the classical uh, map from the super acrobatic rocket-powered battle cars. And really, you needed to sort of bring your own strategy plan. And uh, while obviously the RLCS teams weren't exactly participating in that one, still, out of the old bubble teams, again, uh, they came up top. And that was a pretty great uh, performance out of them. Of, of course, you constantly see them in uh, rivalry sports tournaments. In Jfinity, they have been a uh, constant participant. And of course, uh, under the going forward gaming, they made their run in the Renegade Cup. So they're constantly here and have been here since, well, not since the dawn of time, but for several years now. And I'm always loving to see what possible changes they have made. They have been really improving leaps and bounds. But I'd say there's definitely, they're staying at least on a level that's good enough for the bubble scene. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. It's only good enough for the bubble scene. And when you see what the bubble scene have been doing right now, I'm, I still think they can have a good day or they could make it through. I think they're probably one of the least likely teams to do that, though, I think. Um, you know, certainly, I think the, 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 the core of, of this squad, the way that Lindau, CKS, and Talk have been playing together for yonks, essentially, um, you know, and, and through various different iterations of the roster, I think it certainly has run its course. I don't see this team... You know, they're not my prediction. Let's put it that way. Like they, they, they can have a good day, but I don't think they're gonna. They've, they're, they're, they've got the best of chances to make it through. Uh, the same could also be said about AS Monaco. Um, AS Monaco, um, our next squad. Um, let's see if I can find them real quick. Econ Hoopus and Craw. Now. I, I'm not sure where to weigh this team up in the grand scale of things, um, to be honest. Like, you know, AS Monaco have had a pretty decent sort of, like, you know, team in the past uh, with Yukis and Porto um, and, and C being a substitute. But Ekon has since then left his former team with Craw and Hoopus. And I think while this team has a little bit of potential, I don't think they're going to do it. I don't think they're going to have a good time here, Jam. Yeah, it's, it's my opinion as well. Uh, it's... Even even with their previous incarnation with Porto and Yukis, they they had a name behind them, a good recognizable sort of label, and we were hoping yeah a lot of things uh, great things will be coming for for this French team. But really, they weren't exactly uh, impressing as that squad. And now with two unknown qualities with Crow and Hoops, it's still there are three big question marks currently hanging above that team. And while, again, the name is still there, I'm assuming some sort of a support behind the Monaco squad, the fact that they're uh, another real-life uh, football team means that they can bring some of that experience of running a team or running a squad, perhaps, uh, bring some of their coach experience, for example, uh, not exactly in Rocket League, but at least sort of building and nurturing a team. That might help. But it's unknowns. It's players that we really have never seen. And while it might be a new Chaussette, it might be a new Fairy Peak, so far it's still just Econ, Crow, and Hoops, and nobody really knows about them. Yeah, I, I, again, you know, I think that pretty much sums up, uh, you know, 
my personal opinion on, on, on where we stand with that one um, and, and, and where we and where we sort of like see AS Monaco's chances. They are another one of those weakest teams that possibly could not make a good run, uh, although they could potentially ever perform and do some good work. Um, another team that also sort of fits that bracket um, is Lausanne um, or Lausanne, however you want to say it. I'm not really sure how they do it in the uh, in, in the Swiss scene. I certainly am one of the guys who, uh, who calls it Lausanne because it sort of makes up, uh, you know, uh, sort of like, you know, sort of fits better in my mind. But this is classic Hello, Tio and Arkin as the sub. I'm actually quite surprised that Arkin's a sub on this one, actually. Um, because this is basically a squad in the TCS Esports League, uh, the Switzerland, Switzerland scene, who many regarded as one of the best teams from Switzerland. Uh, certainly proved it when they actually went and uh, uh, choked in the semifinals <laughs> of the land finals for the TCS uh, tournament. Of um, which, of course, is what allowed this, um, uh, uh, which is what sort of like uh, caused this whole thing to sort of like, you know, Throw into uh, throw into great effect where they had to make some changes and, and Kiva left. Um, so where do we stand on this one? Because they are going to be in TCS season two. They're going to have that chance at a bit of a more different bubble scene level. But in terms of the play-ins and in terms of making it to top four, uh, what are their chances here? Uh, well, well, I loved the Swiss scene as I was following it through the TCS uh, inaugural season, and I'm looking forward to what will be happening in season number two. Um, there's, I feel there's still a gap. There's still a gap between uh, Lausanne, between Servette, and uh, the rest of the bubble scene. And while uh, something like a locally can help nurture a team, uh, create uh, a good competitive environment, um, something regular, weekly thing that could really sort of make a team grow. Uh, and these guys already are great Rocket League players. It's 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 been a while. Obviously, the TCS uh, season has ended uh, quite a long time ago already. So, if they really have been putting out putting in their hours, it might be a good surprise for everyone. And the change that they made dropping Kiever uh, might be actually a good one. I'm not that familiar with Teo. But well, yeah, I mean, the situation with Kiva yeah. was that he was not happy with his performance in the TCS League. So when the land finals came through, he he went a bit salty and he went away. And obviously, he went to do um, what was it? He went to sub for a little bit, I think, for Savet Geneva, if I recall correctly. Uh, yeah, he he was a temporary sub for the month that they had that original uh, for the month that they had uh, a stocky on board. Um, the, the month that they felt like they were going to actually go for a, 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 you know go for a run in the TCS, um, you know, in in the Swiss leagues essentially. Um, so he he's kind of left without a home on this one, and you know there's there's a pretty legit reason why he left on Lawson. I think that he probably was one of the weaker elements during that land finals. Uh, you know, certainly underperformance, but I don't think that was enough to justify leaving the squad. That's just my opinion. I'm not going to go into that any further. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I, I've, I've had a lot of faith in the Swiss scene as of late, um, but I think that just Tio is the guy that sort of throws the question marks up in the air. Like, what can he do? What is he realistically going to be able to bring this team that puts Lawsane over the edge? And I see that you're on the show plan here as well, Jam. You put the exact same doubt in that head. Yeah, it's there is a little bit of a question as to whether Tio will be able to perform. They have a great chance to sort of show what they're capable of, and currently actually they are doing pretty well for themselves in the Rocket Baguette Rising Stars. Uh, they're playing in the highest uh, division that is there, the Star League, and while they're currently second to an underrated team, which is actually a set of really unknown players, uh, at least for me, Oxoto, uh, Miloshisu, Cataclysm, Zileo. French scene is hiding some great Rocket League talent we have never heard about, but Arkan, Hello, Classic Mirroring is on that squad actually, and Teo, 
are actually been making some great results over there and singing together. So they're already getting some practice uh, at the start of it. On the other side, uh, Asmonic Esports is also participating in uh, at the same level. They are actually second, just like uh, Lausanne Esports. It's still... We, we haven't really seen that much of Lausanne outside of the TCS Esports League and of and even with the um, even with the Rocket Biggest Rising Stars, it's still uh, sort of its own like biosphere, exosphere, whatever you might call it. Just a l- l- small little uh, place where it's it's hard to judge them. Uh, I I still want to see them perform against the the rest of the bubble scene, but I still feel like that comparison between the teams will not be in favor of Lausanne. No, I, I certainly think that the other. You know, TCS alumni, Swedish, uh, Swedish, <laughs> Swiss, fucking Swedish. Jesus Christ! The other Swiss squad that we're about to talk about, called Full Yolo and Play. I think they've actually got a better chance at this one. Um, this is the Fair Mirroring and Yagi, uh, all of whom are some really, really big fucking names. Like, the Fair was part of the Savet squad that smashed the the, the, the ball out of the park uh, when they uh, when when they played in the TCS Esports LAN, um, and then bringing in Mirrorwing, uh, who was also a pretty hardcore player in Yagi as well who also competed at the at the finals uh under the name of uh under the was it uh uh fuck Yagi played for Arctic Arctic that was it yeah I was trying to figure the name I was like what the fuck why can't I figure this out um but yeah also Mirrorwing playing for the Swiss Incredible Rebels at the time like this is a squad actually that I think could do some really good damage because like this is actually these are some really really big Swiss talents like, you know, th- these are actually some players that I think if they put together in, in a solo standard team, they do well, but also with a bit of work, could possibly, you know, make a good run for uh, for, for Switzerland and, and, and just, you know, just be able to represent them on the international stage in Rocket League. Yeah, actually, um, uh, initially, I've sort of been a little bit dismissive of Folio and pretty maybe it's name. It sort of sets you up for a certain expectation. We're just here to maybe YOLO it once and then and then forget about it. But if you just take the individual players, with the exception of Yagi, who still has been one of the best players for his own team for Arctic, Zafer, of course, the winner with Servette. Mirrorwing was the uh, really the star of his own team, and uh, really every single time he, he was with the ball, it it has it has the same effect on me as some of the like basically every single time you give him the ball you expected something to happen and more than often than not he delivered so yeah. to take three of these players and put them together this might be a really explosive concoction the question is only wh- wh- whether it will work is if you take three different parts they might completely not match together that it might their play styles might clash and bam will end up with uh, something really not suitable for uh, higher leagues or hey again I'll, I'll be happy to be surprised and if uh, Swiss League will all of a sudden will produce something like that the team of the quality that can contest the uh, RLRS teams or just the the rest of the bubble team I'll, I'll be I'll be only happy to see that one again I've, I've, I've changed my mind the more I've been looking at the squad uh, seemingly they have a pretty good chance I've sort of slacked the rest of the, your picks Jay but them, I'm actually loving what I'm seeing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm loving a lot of what these other other lower tier squads are also bringing to their table. There's a team called We Not Fit, relating Wave Sharp and Verp with uh, Toto. Th- 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 I don't know. I don't have no idea how to fucking say that name. <laughs> but I, th- 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 that that's that's a team that. Uh, 
I'm not sure what they went under during the uh, Ember series. I can't remember off the top of my head. But I'm quite surprised to see Relating Wave and Sharp not playing with Distan this time. And fair play to Distan. Obviously, he's had a bit of a personal tragedy happen if you've been watching Twitter. So I'm not sure whether that's had any, had any effect on this lineup or whether this was always going to be the case. But Relating Wave and Distan, when they played in the Ember series, like, they had some really good chemistry between them, t between the two. You know, they played on a couple of teams before in a couple, couple of different tournaments prior to that. And they... Um, again, I am surprised that they've gone with a very different third here, Jam. Honestly, if this time was here and Relating Wave and Sharp were doing some good, were, were you know, on form, then this would have been a nice a nice dark horse run to see. You know, this would have been a nice dark horse to, uh, uh, to, to, to catch going into the top four. Um, but because of that, I'm not really sure whether the, the chances are higher anymore. Uh, it, there might be a little bit lower. Uh, relating Wave, Sharf, and Distan um, was another team that sort of surprised us in the Ember series. Uh, they were playing uh, uh, under the bus driver's title. But Distan, uh, we'll, we'll talk about him just a little bit later because he's on a different squad that I'm actually I'm really liking the chances of. But going back to We Not Fit, dropping a really solid player might hurt their chances. And I, I remember you saying it, uh, I think uh, you've mentioned also that a lot of the players and um, like broadcast talent uh, in the UK are really loving what they're seeing from Reading mm. Wave. They are putting a lot of trust and hope in that player. And seemingly he hasn't really disappointed you uh, during the run in the Ember series. No, no, he absolutely did not, you know. But again, I feel like a lot of it was down to the fact that Distan was able to set him up so well. You know, I feel like when 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 it was the bus drivers was this world they played under, um, and when they did when when relating wave was doing well, it was because Distan was there to support him. Either they were passing, he was passing to him, or relating wave was passing back to Distan, and Sharp was there just being you know a, a great a Danish god essentially. Like you know he he was he was that extra solid support that they could anchor around and and work the play around him, but also use their great team play together. So the fact that they've got this new guy in um, Vert, which uh, no offense to him, I'm not. I don't actually know who he is. Uh, you know, I, I've never seen him play before. I don't think I've ever seen his name crop up in any particular competitive environment. I don't think I've seen him in not any of the Renegade Cups, uh, Cup tournaments, that's for certain. Um, uh, but, you know, I, I, I feel like, honestly, I put them in on the recommendation of, yeah, okay, this is a team that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna do damage. But now, now that I've seen the actual final lineup, you know, I'm, 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 not, I'm, not, I'm not confident, Jam. Not anymore, well, at least. <laughs> well, it is it is it is a chance for them to try uh, at least try it out. There, uh, all the teams still have three chances to try and qualify for the tournament. Uh, the next one will be happening this weekend, uh, May tenth, uh, May tenth, March tenth, and there'll be another one um, March thirteenth and then March seventeenth. So even if this doesn't really work out for them, hey, I mean you can also try always try some other time. Really, yeah, we, we are not putting them at the very top of the contention because even before that, they weren't really from top of the contention. They were slightly surprising for us, but they really didn't steal the show like some of the teams did, like ARG completely, completely befuddled us. Yeah. Taken, take, take an Ember series after not having really played in any of the previous Renegade Cups, really yoloing it through the whole thing and actually succeeding in that. It works out for them. Veritam actually currently looking at his achievements. He has been spotted in a variety of squads, and actually the pl the players that he is playing with are some pretty well-known names. He has been playing with Mr. Ube from Getafe Esports. He has been spotted with Junior, 
uh, Ariser and Kavari are uh, the teammates that he's been spotted the most with. Emre, who has been playing, I think, with the Russian squads quite a lot, he he's there. He is he has been around. It's just that yeah, you sort of never hear him. You hear about his teammates, but Vert is still a pretty unknown factor. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, you can factor in MMR and shit. I know that some people like to use that to quantify like how um, how well a player is going to do. I can see that in the chat, but personally, like you know, that that MMR does not matter in, in the context of a tournament, basically. So we have to see how he does with We Not Fit. We have to see how they do with him. Um, maybe we might get a chance to see him on stream. Maybe we won't. I don't know. Um, again, we'll see how it goes for them, and um, we'll see how it goes for Katafe, who are the next team I want to highlight. Uh, Natch, tell Mr. Ube and Daniana. You just mentioned Mr. Ube in connection with Vert. Um, this is a team that I. Quantify, I classify as the second best in Spain right now. Um, but they don't come close to what ARG can do. You know, like, yeah, ARG are fucking monsters. They are white hot right now. And Getafe, unfortunately, like, you know, they might be able to take some upsets against ARG. But when it comes to their performance in the grand scale of international and European Rocket League... I, I'm, I'm not convinced. Um, again, they could make a good run because they have made good runs in the past, but I'm, I'm not putting my money on it yet. No, me neither. It's it's a squad that has been uh, picked up and stuck together for, for a while, but really, they seem to come short every single time. And well, their last great performance that I really remember is a Neon Dream in group stages. They've qualified through that, but then the final bracket wasn't really helpful out for them. Uh, they can indeed fight with the teams that are uh, at the same level as them or below, since Spain has no shortage of, of players. Uh, some have already qualified for the, the plans already. Uh, again, some names that we haven't even heard of before. But not against ARG. I mean, there's one king of Spain right now. That's ARG. Uh, even if Savage signs up with uh, Barcelona, it's still the, the true kings of Spain are definitely the ARG who came in, who shocked everyone. And their play style is hot, hot, hot. And unless someone really finds out the secret to stopping them, they should continue to be hot and being the number one team uh, in Spain. Definitely, that's definitely not Getafe. That's ARG. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I'm, again, it, it's literally just by comparing those two squads together as being both from Spain. That They are the second best squad in Spain, but unfortunately, that's not good enough in this case with how stacked EU truly is. And for Getafe, that's a bit of an unfortunate run. Again, I'm hoping they do well. I'm hoping to make a deep run. I'm not counting on it again. So let's just see how that works out for them. A team that I do have a lot of faith in, though, Jam, is Childish Gambimbam. Now, these... Now, Junior, Cheerio, and Breezy, essentially, is, is, is for me... A really, really hot dark horse right now. These guys, the main reason why I didn't put them in my top four was because of the performance from the other teams I did put in the top four and the fact that they are essentially uh, a mix for this one. Um, as well as that, Distan is also registered as their sub, which also makes me even more confused as to why he didn't go with We Not Fit because that really worked out well for him. Um, but... I think the main issue for this team is Tedder at the moment. Um, I'm not really 100% confident in him as a player because he has had some situations where he has whiffed quite bad, um, especially in online tournaments and online leagues. Um, but Cheerio and Breezy, I think those two elements together, like Cheerio was always my top man on Epsilon back when they were Epsilon. And Breezy was f fucking saved the XXL side. Those two elements, I think, are really, really strong contenders. If they make a good deep run, we could be looking at you know potentially some room for them in the top levels of Rocket League. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, we've seen the the old challenge Gambimbam, uh, Tedakaro, and Junior. 
it was okay. Sometimes they could really bring in the heat, surprise a higher uh, tier team, but then in the long run, they just didn't have enough park with them. Now that they've made a big swap and now Karen Jr. are out, Chiri and Breezy are in, and Distan, who we mentioned previously, is indeed sitting in on the sub, but really could be brought at any time if he so wishes and can really make an impact. Uh, this challenge can be my squad, I think, has the best chance out of them all to actually uh, make uh, make a name for themselves, even uh, get picked up by an organization. Yes, while Teda might have his troubles, I'm uh, liking their chances. Not top four chances, just like you. There's just too many contenders for that one. But it's a team that, I think, like three players that definitely have been making rounds, definitely are known for their own, like, little successes here and there. So having them on the same squad, this might be explosive. Yeah, I'm expecting it to be explosive. I'm hoping that we get to see what they can do. You know, I think that if, if you match them up against any of the teams that we've mentioned so far, they probably would end up coming out on top. Um, some of them, I think, that might be a bit more of a difficult affair, but I think that overall, if, you, if you've simulated it like 100 times, you know, about... 80 times out of 100 for those harder teams, it would still come out to the favor of Childish Gam Bim Bam. So yeah, I'm 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 quite yeah I'm quite excited to see what Breezy and Chiro can do in these qualifiers. Um, another team I kind of want to keep my eye on, um, but I don't necessarily want to think that they are. Uh, uh they're going to be able to do, um, they're going to be able to make a run to the finals as I got the par, uh, which I can't seem to find. Oh, there you go. IGTP. There you go. It's, it's IGTP. IGTP uh, uh, switches so kindly left the initials instead of the full name, which is what I was typing in five times to try actually bring it up on the fucking screen. Um, but Clean, Reclusi, and Virus, uh, which was um, a team that kind of came out of the gates and surprised us a little bit, Jam. Um, they. Uh, for those of you who don't know who, who who they are, basically, if you didn't watch the Ember series, the Ember series uh, was they were the only team that actually ended up beating the uh, the team that ended up winning that ARG, right? They were the only squad that ended up having a series above ARG in that playoff bracket, which was massively surprising. Um, although I put that in with a lot of hope for this squad. Now that I'm actually considering what they've been able to do since that point, you know, when it comes to some of the lower tier tournaments and they still haven't quite managed to perform in the same sort of level and way, I'm half tempted to say that that was a bit of a fluke result and I hate to say it like that but you know I'm now that I'm thinking about the way that I can see them you know in, in the context of the rest of the squads here I feel like they might actually be the weakest of the dark horses yeah it, it's a possibility uh all respect to dwarf butt and his squad and I'm loving the fact that they've have stuck together with all these changes happening around you it, in week in and week out, you might see completely different squads just because players are trying different things. But I got the parts stuck together, and I, I'm always loving to see that. Someone who is actually giving some trust into spending some time together, seeing whether it works as a team, whether you can actually start improving together and in, in a team environment like that definitely will help. But I'm with you on the fact that ARG, victory over ARG, uh, much of a surprise it was given the final result of that tournament. It was a fluke. And um, really, their 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 uh, performance before that or after that didn't really signify that they are might be repeating that anytime soon. They they've been a really awkward opponent for ARG. Um, many a top level teams can sometimes get uh, trapped by one of the lower tier teams because they just don't expect the playstyle. They don't expect the even the misses, the whiffs. Um, a lot of play in the higher tiers is based on predictions on expecting what your opponent will do. 
really a face uh, whom you know uh, talked my ear off, uh, <laughs> just saying how when we were playing together, how many of the players sort of are not playing as he expects. So that was what could have stopped ARG. But again, they have a bright future. They are seemingly they're liking the to be playing with each other, and that's a great thing to see. So best of luck to them. Not really seeing them in contentions for top four spot, top thirty-two maybe, but that's already sort of well, you're in yeah, top thirty-two. Yeah, I, I, I was just going to mention, like, you know, I know that people have said that obviously they've they've pulled off some good results in like the trials. Um, I think the one that kind of kicks about most of the time is the GFG result. Um, but again, like that that that's one result, you know. And again, it's a situation of they spark up, they do really good work for an ARG and a GFG, and then they go silent again, um, because you'll know that after that fact they got taken out by the late ones, uh, which was the roster of. Uh, Jakey Poo's team. I can't remember the other two players. I think it was Frozen and... Um, oh shit, I'm going to have to bring it up. I can't remember. But bottom line is that um, they, you know, they, they, they they had a bit of a... I, I'd argue that the, that, the late, that the late ones team would have been like you know worse than, than GFG, to be honest. And that's my problem with I Got The Part, is the fact that they do... They do have some good results. They do have some situations where it's like, oh shit, they've actually managed to take this team out. They've actually managed to do some good work. And then immediately they, they get wrecked. And the case in point is obviously going back to that ARG result. They instantly get 3-0 by the schnoozers. And then they went out to game fist who went out to 21 one game later. You know, like it's, 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 it's not convincing enough for me to say, right, I think these guys can be a serious contender for the top four spot. I think they're dark horses, but I think they're the darkest that are dark horses right now. Yeah, you, you should keep them in mind uh, because yeah. many of the teams that we're currently discussing are players, but not, not exactly the teams. Um, although it has been a combination of both. Uh, but I got the part is we're currently looking at them as a potential team. The fact that uh, the players are just, again, sticking together is a pretty important thing. And uh, they have a lot of growth potential. But we can't exactly put them uh, amongst the the top of the tops. But still, just in the back of your head, remember the name. And they might surprise you pretty soon if just if they just continue what they have been doing. On a team that we also expect some uh, some slightly better performances, I think, really. Uh, for, well, certainly you expect them because I didn't kind of consider this squad, but you put them down as a team that you wanted to mention, you wanted to bring to the fold is Stratus. Uh, this is Flux, Peepeek, Lorty, and Nauman as the uh, uh, they're, they're the four sort of like players uh, who are going to be playing together, um, and they kind of had had like you know a bit of a, a bit of a weird you know like, yeah, a back and forth situation because like the the the, the Stratus name goes back by like a number of different tournaments over the course of 2018, uh, but they haven't really come to prominence and, and been able to uh, uh, you know. Do gr do amazing things in certain certain scenarios. Like yeah, they were able to qualify easily for the Neon Dream draft. They were able to qualify easily for the Ballistics Brawl season two. But when it came to facing up in those tournaments, they got top four at Ballistics Brawl. But then they also went out in top eight for the Corporation Clash in the Neon Dream, um, and then they went out seventh and eighth in the Confederation Cup, which is sort of like the final stage of the Neon Dream. And the key thing about them as well is the fact that they weren't able to go and um, and they weren't able to go and do massive amounts in the other Renegade monthlies either. So I want to know from you, why do you want to highlight this squad? Well, this, this is, first and foremost, this is a squad that gave us flakes. Um, he has been playing with the squad uh, throughout the Renegade Cups. Obviously, he's now off that team. 
But uh, with what I've seen from BPEAK and with Flux and Audio also being uh, names in the bubble scene, I feel like uh, it, it won't be the same effect as they had with Flakes on the squad. But I feel like it's still uh, worth keeping an eye on them. It's, um, it's, it's one of those slightly lighter horses, I suppose. Someone who, again, someone you should be, should be aware of and should be perhaps slightly afraid of. Not really stealing all the limelight, but they're there, and I think just three solid middle-of-the-road players. Yeah, I, I can agree with that much, to be honest. I think maybe if Flakes was there, then we'd be like, okay, yeah, now we're looking at something really serious. Um, but uh, then he's not there anymore, so obviously I'm not really sure uh, where they stand in the grand scheme of things. Solid players, but again, not quite a team, per se. Another team I want to say that is Wait What? Uh, Didris, Flarky, and Winther. And Winther? I'm not really sure how you say it. Um, but Waffle. <laughs> yes. Why did you change it to something really fucking awkward with uh, Waffle? Whatever. Right. Uh, but Deidreus was in the last scenes on the RLR. So obviously playing under the Copenhagen Flangers. They had a really poor performance. Um, but it's a lot of Nordic... Um, there's, there's a lot of Nordic pride, I guess you could say, uh, on, on, on this side. And I'm not really sure... You know, Nordic certainly seems to be sort of like a really popular region in Rocket League. Um... Uh, uh, but where where do we see these this team in particular? Because again, it seems like with Stratus, they are so really good individual players, but not really a team. You know, yeah, it's 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 the same here. It's I'm pretty sure it's folks who have been playing together uh, here and there, not for perhaps for long periods of time, but uh, they decided that hey, we we don't have anyone else to play with. Why not team up? We we sort of been playing at the same level. And we can definitely see, try and see whether we can uh, try and do something. Many of the teams, there are actually a lot of teams that we won't be mentioning who are here perhaps only for some uh, some giggles. But And while those uh, those are no names, you've heard about these players, they're just, just trying. If, if it works, it works. If it does, no, well. I mean, we, we don't really care. It's, it's, it might be one of those teams. I'm not exactly expecting perhaps Zidrus Flake and Winther to really go and stick together for, for a really long time. But hey, it, it, it might still happen. And again, on the same level of Stratus, perhaps even slightly higher, uh, I think you should... Th this is a team that definitely will be making it in the top 32 at the very least, but might not exactly be stealing them. There, there might be a couple of surprises up their sleeves. If not for some of the next teams down on the list, because, uh, hey, uh, Jay, have you heard? Pashi's back. And yes, I did. And I have no idea why you put this fucking team down, because I have absolutely no faith that this team is going to do anything <laughs> right now. All right. Um, it, it, it might be indeed might be indeed one of those teams that I've mentioned previously just here for for giggles. But you never know. You never know. It, it might be a possibility. Uh, we don't know how serious is Bashi. We can you even trust the man at this point? But knowing at what at, high, uh, at what level he has played previously, knowing he has brought Killer Number Seven and Stocky together to play with them, really, it's it's a solid team. It's Killer Number Seven and Stocky couldn't really again go big, but perhaps with Bashi at the helm of that team, um, there might be a, there's a possibility. No, I disagree. I'm, nope. I'm going I'm to disagree off the back right, right there because, like, Killer Number Seven has not been like very significant in Rocket League for a very long time. He's not been part of a really, really good team in a very, very long time. Uh, and you could argue the same thing uh, with Stocky as well. You know, like the, the that last team he was part of was the Savet Geneva squad just a couple months, just about a month ago, and obviously they dropped him before he could actually do anything good with it. Prior to that, it was. 
what juicy. the clappers, which again got wrecked in the last season. Um, you know, like, I'm, I'm I'm looking at it like okay, well. Yeah, like what 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 has Stocky and Killer done recently that you know that that, that Pashi can 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 use to carry uh, into the next season into the season? Like you know, I don't think this is gonna work. Like, yeah, Pashi's great, but Killer Stocky, I'm not sure of. I'm Matt. I haven't seen him in any big tournaments. You know, it's a great it's a great story. Yeah, Pashi with his one final chance, but honestly, I don't <laughs> think it's going to happen. I really have no faith in this team. Well, you never know. It could be the Yarmir Jagger situation, which just comes out of retirement one last time, tries tries winning something. Didn't really exactly work for Yarmir Jagger, but there have been there have been situations like that, and you never know. But I, I understand your sort of reluctance to give them um, give them a chance in this one. But it's still it's it's uh, it's. Uh, I think you you might disregard them, but you we should still mention them as Pashi. Yeah, uh, is I mean, one look, those, right, yeah. I'm, I'm look, right. The reason why we have these when we have these players on on board is because we think individually or as a unit that this is going to end up being a good tournament for them, and they'll be able to make a dark horse run. Um, and certainly, you have a bit more faith than I do. Um, but you know, but you know, I'm, I'm not. I'm, okay. Pashi's still good, right? I can give them that much, right? He's still good. He can still pull it out of the hat to carry these two players to victory, right? Because I don't think, again, I don't think he was the problem in Vitality. You know, I don't think he should have been kicked for the last time around. Um, and I think that, honestly, if he had another shot with another big team, then maybe he could actually, you know, still be able to, 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 to hang with the top-level pros. You know, again, the, my problem is with the rest of this team, right? That, that, that's my problem right here. And that's the main reason why I think that, yes, they're not the weakest team out of this release list, but they're also nowhere near the strongest out of this list, in my opinion. Yeah, well, those are still only honorable mentions. And just a quick run through the rest of my picks. Uh, really nothing that much to say about them. Um, uh, Sir Regine of Esports uh, is participating in this tournament with Ryzex, Coca, Tater, and Rowie. Uh, a, another not-so-serious name, Shakaron, Gutsmill, and Stake. Uh, could be pretty interesting, uh, but Chakron just keeps on trying to get some success going. When is he going to become a coach, man? Like, for real? Um, fucking, eventually. Like, if, any, if there's any pro, I think, that right now is not performing well that could be a coach, it would be, number one, Marky Dudar, number two, Chakron, right? Like, when is he just going to bite the bullet and say, fuck it, let's go coach fucking... <laughs> Nordavind or some shit. Like I think honestly, if he if he coached Nordavind, sure. that could also that could end up being an RLRS team over one season. You know, like, fucking, actually... take take my advice, Shaq, please. Shakron. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks at Shakron on Twitter, <laughs> let's let's get the idea into his head. He, if, if especially if this run fails, hey, hashtag Shakron Shakron for Nordavind coach. coach yeah. <laughs> But Digitas still, uh, Digitas might still be looking for. I know. Fuck it. Like the hashtag, hashtag Shakaron for Digitas coach. There you go. <laughs> all, right, well, all the hashtags after this one, uh, after this broadcast for uh, Rocket League after Shock or all after Shock. Uh, two quick mentions uh, to writeovers, not leftovers, just writeovers. Calix, Skyline, and Bilbo. And uh, just last one, as I just love seeing Arju. He has been, again, down a little bit. Uh, I haven't seen him in a while. But previously, he had a really good stint last year where he was just at the top of the world. Arju, J-Walls, and Ixo with their fourth Cal. 
as may contain nuts, or really may contain nuts, uh, really made themselves uh, sort of sh almost shocked everyone in their, uh, was it uh, DreamHack Leipzig run or was it the WSOE run? I can't remember at this point, but it really knocked out a couple of really strong teams during that one. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm, I'm certain I'm certain that Ixo has a bit more of a brighter future. Like, I think honestly, I think uh, he he might slot in better with um uh uh, uh where what, what was the team we talked about earlier? The um uh, Charles Gambinpan, that was it. I think so honestly, many. he would uh, he 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 would slot in with uh, in in replacing um no no not not no sorry not Charles Gambinpan. Who who the fuck are they? Um, Breezy Squad. Fuck, hold on. Uh, no, it is a Childish Gambimba. Is it Childish Gambimba? Yep, indeed. Oh, yeah, that's no, Tedder Chiro and, 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 and Breezy. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Childish Gambimba. Like, I think if you if slot in him with, in place of Tedder, then suddenly we've actually got a bit more of a... a, a I honestly, I'd say that they probably would end up being, making my top four uh, if, 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 he, if, he, if he slotted into that one. But as it stands, I think that he's the best element of this new squad, of this, uh, of, of, of this uh, may contain nuts side. Yeah, Arju's great, but I think that I think that Ixo's better. Uh, J-Wells is, is, again, not quite being... Um, has uh, not quite been at the top of the top of his game as of late, um, and you know I, I, I feel like honestly the, the, yeah, this is another dark horse, but not a massively um, you know not 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 a big sort of contender I think for the top four. Hmm. Well, um, I might be just overestimating the the quality of these players, but there there's just something about making Daynuts that uh, might actually in, in a way I might even put them at the top of this little list. That I made for myself, but I think Jay, I think that's it. Uh, I think out of the all the honorable mentions, uh, out of the all the teams that might possibly do it, or the teams that we should be keeping in mind, but for later seasons, not for this one. It's nice to have them, but uh, not really. I think it's time for the top of the, the crop, big dogs. the top four, and. It's extremely close, just like with our prediction during the Ember series. Seemingly, we just have copied every, uh, each other's homework, <laughs> and it's there's a, right. a little bit of variation. In, but in, yeah, like here's the thing: like we've gone from our top picks at the top of each of our lists to then second pick, third pick, fourth pick, and that's how we're going to approach it. We're going to go with my top pick, then Jam's top pick, or my second pick, then Jam's second pick, essentially, and we go back and forth like that to just sort of describe our reasons why, uh, you know, we, we we believe where they stand. But basically, we have all the same four teams, but they're just in slightly different orders. So it's not like massively, um, you know, it, 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 it's not like. Massively Massively, massively different, um, but but still, like you know, like again, it kind of proves our point of how really good the bubble scene has been as of late. Especially for these four squads to stand out above, you know, some of the most stacked talents in in Rocket League history. Like, yeah, not half bad to be honest. So, let's talk about ARG to start off. ARG, ARG, ARG. ARG. <laughs> enough said, I think. Yeah, enough said. There you go. Right. Second pick. Uh, no, but uh, no, that's both of our top picks. I'll start off by stating that much at least. Like, these guys have been white hot. They have been white hot as of late. Winning the Ember series, um, 
coming close to winning the uh, the Renegade Cup Finals, if I recall correctly. Like, you know, they've, they've just been smashing it out of the park, left, right, and center. Like, it doesn't matter. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter who they come up against. You know, they, they made it to upper bracket finals against Savage, beat MCON, came back against Savage to lose 4-0, unfortunately. But even during their time during the Ember series, they won that off of the back of a miracle fucking run. You know, that's the main, that's the key thing that's what I started off right there, is that they came through that and it was like, right, well, yeah, okay, they, they might do something. They might they might be able to do some damage. They have some good players, but they have to go all the way to the finals, win the finals to even get a shot at the Renegade Cup finals. And that's exactly what they did. They smashed out of the park in the Renegade Cup finals. They came in in the European Winter Open uh, qualifier, and they didn't quite make it all the way through on that one. But they beat them. Uh, they beat out uh, Nordavind in the All Platform tournament, which started off their own sort of issues with that. I had a good run in the open qualifiers, finishing up top. Came top eight in the open qualifiers for Leipzig. You know, like they've they've just been on a tear as of late. And I, I don't think they actually made it to the LAN itself. But regardless, the fact that they got that close to already pulling off a big, big, you know, placement in the in the Leipzig tournament, like they are mad good right now. They are mad, mad good. Yeah, and that run during the uh, Leipzig was great. They defeated Arena Vitality. They defeated the XRLRS team, the Clappers. Uh, yes, they lost to Team Secret and they lost to Mouse. But still, what they did was remarkable. Um, obviously, they have been stopped by Savage, who are themselves on a, on a tear and on a roll. But victories against MCON twice in Renegade Cup Finals, uh, wins against GFG. And really, just just the effort that they put through in the Ember series uh, really shows that they're at the top, the, really the best there currently is, the the best contender that there will be. And now that they've sort of dropped, uh, finally figured out what is the best three that should, they should be going with, I think they're only contained to bulldoze every single team that's in their way. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like they are most certainly going to make it the top four um, during the during the course of the uh, of the tournament. Um, I'm going to go possibly even top two. They are contenders for top two in the RLRS next season. So uh, that's where I kind of put ARG right now with just how good they really have been. Um, whether they will actually do that, obviously, time will have to tell. Uh, as it stands, I'm not sure if they've qualified for the. Um, for the play-in just yet. We'll have to find out as the next couple of weeks go on. Uh, my second pick is MCON Esports. And my main reason for MCON Esports is, other than the fact that they are MCON Esports and a team that have been together for yonks, essentially. You know, I think for about... Uh, what is it? Ju June, July, sort of like period of last year is when they first got together. Um, uh, they added Justice later on down the line. Um, but as a Netherlands squad, they have been looking just as good right there. Like, we'll be looking at them like, yeah, these guys are good sort of like um, upsets, uh, upset elements. You want to take a look at them, it's like, if they get thrown up against a team that you would consider better than them, they could still do they could still do one over on them they could still end up with the victory they could still end up with the uh um uh, w w with the result and moving forward in, in whatever tournament they're playing um it was really at dreamhack leipzig where we sh showed how far that extent can really get carried um it was during leipzig that they ended up um in the group stage, they ended up eliminating uh, a certain squad uh let me see if i can figure it out tsm actually was it, it was tsm 
at the time Indeed. considered the one of the best teams in the world right there. Certainly one of the best in the EU. Um, but they ended up beating them three to two in a. I don't think it was a complete reverse sweep, but they ended up taking the last two games uh, out, out, out of the three that was played in the end of that tournament. Um, before they eventually ended up falling to complexity uh, in the lower bracket of the day two group stage. Obviously they had a bit of a hard graft drawing against Dignitas and complexity, but it's signs of that life as well as being able to do really really good work in the rest of the bubble scene that it's like okay these guys are legit they are 100% legit yeah they are currently the powerhouse of the Benelux scene uh, the Kaiser League season 4 that has recently started they're currently unbeaten in that one so only the best things are currently happening for American esports while they're still young and there might still be a little bit of problem specifically in that the fact that sort of the mentality might be a little bit askew uh, make no mistake their quality of their play um, the fact that they really have been sticking together for such a long time um, previously uh, they haven't playing together as need 200 boost um, and really just just the time that they've spent together they have improved they have noticeably improved as a team starting in from sort of making attempts at winning things and then just got on a roll and didn't stop they aren't exactly the quality of savage yet uh and savage really was comprised of players who are already great or just those um, um, bubbling talents, but MCON sort of have a little bit of a different quality about them, is that they were unknown initially, but are trying to break into the scene, and I think they're doing a pretty good job. The Leipzig qualifiers themselves have been a complete another surprise show with, with so many upsets. Um, if, if, if only MCON could upset Dignitas, then it will be everyone will be just going crazy. Oh, it yeah, didn't fucking hell. <laughs> Didn't happen, but there's still a chance that they could do a drop a lot of upsets on this one. They, there are four spots for the next season of RLRS, and I'm feeling that they should take one of them. Although I'm not putting them at top two spots, uh, I have a lot of trust in Squad of Scooby Snacks, which is, of course, better known as Xenomoon, Zenzus, Nolistic, and Monkey Moon. And they came out of nowhere. If MCON, I sort of were been following for a while, uh, heard about them, seen them play, casted their games. Zidamun came in and into the scene. They have been around for a while. Zenzus, of course, previously playing for Kaunos. But Nolistic and uh, Monkey Moon were really under my radar. But they came in and absolutely blasted me away. The understanding between those two players is crazy. And with Zenzus helping them out or either as a defensive player or just helping them set, a, set up the players for them, that squad has a plan, has a great strategy to them. It's one of those uh, rare teams at this level that really utilizes the passing plays, and they're dominating. They're absolutely dominating. While MCON has a little bit of a... They also have a passing plays for them. They have a strategy. Definitely, they are tactically uh, uh, apt. But I feel like Xenomoon will have an upper hand against them. I'm really hoping that to see those two teams butt their heads at some point. I don't think they had a chance to do that. Just well, I yet. think Looking I'm just going to insert numbers. myself. I'm just going to insert myself and say that if the seeding is anywhere decent, they won't have to see each other at all during the course of this Absolutely. tournament. Um, you know, like I, I think that they they are very very good squads. I think all of these teams should not face each other during the course of the uh, during the course of the qualifiers. But again, that's just my own personal opinions and where I think they sort of stand. Um, my um, 
I did pick Xenomoon and Scooby Snacks to make their way in. I just picked them as the fourth squad. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, just spoiler for a little bit ahead on. Um, my third pick was actually Echo Zulu. Now, this might be a bit of a controversial one because obviously they didn't make it further than MCondry in DreamHack Leipzig. And that's where I based most of my sort of like construction of this particular hierarchy off. Um, you know, like we didn't have a chance to see ARG. I think they would have done well if they made it into the uh, DreamHack Leipzig open signups. Um, and yes, Echo Zulu did make a top eight run. But I think the reason why I consider MCON to be a bit more significant is because obviously they did take some games off some really, really good opponents. You know, Complexity were on fire at that point. They had a, uh, a close affair against Dingatas to the point where all their games were within one or two goals. Um, obviously, the defeat against Solo Mid is absolutely massive. And I think they also brought it close against Complexity as well um, when they had this, you know, some of the some of the one-sided losses weren't always going uh, to the favor of, of Complexity. Um, whereas Echo Zulu themselves had a bit, I would say, had a bit of an easier time in their group stage. They got close against PSG, beat Triple Trouble to eliminate them and go forward in the next group stage. Then they eliminated Ghost Gaming, who I think are a very weak North American team, to make it into the playoffs. And then they lost 3-0 to Dignitas, who had, I'm not going to say a very easy time, but they certainly didn't give them any opportunities during that quarterfinal matchup. So, I think Echo Zulu, yes, they, this is going to be their breakout season. Yes, they're going to have a good time. Um, but if I had to pick them in terms of a hierarchy of the four teams from the bubble scene, I think gonna make, uh, the four teams from the qualifiers, I think they're going to make it up. They have to go in third place for me. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, you still have to put Echo Zulu below MCON. It's how it goes and how it was in the previous season of KZR League. It's how it seemingly is, despite those surprise victories over at Leipzig. Uh, you didn't mention uh, their victory over Evil, uh, Evil Geniuses 3-0, to which was also one of the big surprises. The problem for the Team Echo Zulu is that after that, that was really great, but then losses to Exalti, losses to Brash Esports in Kaiser League, is as if um, they were really feeling it against the top teams. But then dropping down to a different level, all of a sudden they are not performing that well. Really, team that has won against Triple Trouble, Evil Geniuses, Ghost Gaming, really should be carrying up a part of the whole uh, the whole local league. But no, they aren't. They, it's not exactly working out for them. So they've dropped back in again. And while MCON Esports is still in role, Team Ekozulu seemingly, whatever happened to them, I'm actually slightly surprised that this, this is happening. I will personally also put them slightly lower than the MCON squad. So does that mean your fourth pick is Echo Zulu because you put them both at the same place at C, right? I'm not going to let you get away with this shit, Jam. Okay, well... Still not uh, going to let you get away. Because we, 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 we've, 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 we've what we've done is we've put like our top four picks in a little document. And what Jam's done is on the third place, he's picked MCON slash Echo Zulu. And then for fourth, he's put everybody else. Like, fuck that. It doesn't work that way, Jam, right? Only four teams can qualify. You have to pick four. So I'm going to say that MCON is in third for you and Echo Zulu are on fourth, right? And obviously my fourth pick is Xenomoon Scooby Snacks because of their own fucking just absolutely mad run throughout the course of the time that they formed up. They formed, um, what was it, at the very early part of January and then they went into the Leipzig qualifiers not knowing what to expect and then they just absolutely destroyed it in like any any, any manner of formation. I'm just going to bring up the, uh, uh, the the bracket right now because they came fifth, sixth and I think they actually managed to make it all the way up against Team Secret before they ended up going out which is just like that is mad. That is mad. They went all the way up against the likes of Mouse Sports, through five game series against Secret, then up against PSG, which is where they ended up, you know, only a couple games away from making it into the land itself, you know, like they 
have been on fire right now. You know, they have been on fire, but I still think that there's more consistency to find later on down the line. They are absolutely crazy, really. Uh, uh, their victory against Flipside Tactics in the close qualifiers for Leipzig, uh, their victories against ARG, Mouse, and Flipside again in the Rival Esports Winter Open only shows what high quality this team is and what a big of a shocker. Uh, quickly checking, it wasn't the reverse sweep against Flipside Tactics, it was the reverse sweep against Mouse, but my oh my, they really came into play and... Really, just based on the results, seemingly that they're even slightly higher than the ARG squad, just just based on the previous performances. Still, for me personally, there might be they're still a little bit less known, but they came they came and took the scene by the storm. So, not exactly agreeing with your pick of four spot, but definitely they're up there. And all right, I will concede. I will put a Team Ecozulu at the fourth spot for reasons already discussed. Finally! But then, yes! but then at, no, at, at spot number five, oh, I will put fuck you. everyone else. Because well, that means we have... that everybody else doesn't qualify, so that works for me. There we go, whoop, Jam. Whoop, whoop. Right. <laughs> With that being said, <laughs> our time is up. Well, it was up about half an hour ago, but there's just way too much to talk about when it comes to talking about these squads, when it comes to talking about the bubble scene as a whole and where the RLRS qualifiers are going to go from here because there is so many contenders right here, Jam. I think it's very, very... Uh it's very, very apparent that anyone, any one team can make a really, really good run through these qualifiers and make it into the RLRS. I think you'll agree with me, buddy. Yeah, it is. It, it, it has been just a really great trip going through all of these and really once again make um, sort of recognizing the depth the width and the quality of the bubble scene and we already seen waves being made by those teams in the two big qualifiers that have been happening of course the rival esports tournaments that have been running and now really the big test the, the what all of these teams are practicing for is trying to qualify for our rlrs so it'll be a blast to watch, blast to follow, and my, my, I'm loving what's currently happening in EU. Indeed, we all are, and that's what this podcast is all about here. And of course, that's going to be it for the day here on RL Aftershock. Uh, we'll be back next week, most likely on Tuesday again. Uh, the main reason is because, obviously, the TCS Esports League is coming up, and me and Bacon will be casting it. I think you're going to be casting alongside Jam as well. Uh, sorry, alongside Crafted, excuse me. You are Jam. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, we're, going to be, we're going to be casting that on Monday, so there should be a bit of a schedule shift. Keep your eyes locked on the Twitter at RL Aftershock for more details on that, when and where it comes. Uh, follow the Twitch at Twitch tv slash rl aftershock if you're listening to the audio or video podcasts if you're not listening to the audio or video podcasts and you can find us on youtube spotify itunes google podcasts at seven other major podcast distribution platforms you can go to angle.fm slash rl aftershock to find your favorite platform or request your favorite way of listening jam has it been fun uh, for your first time here on the rl aftershock stream it has been absolutely uh with a topic that is uh, dear to my heart it's it, it has been lovely so thanks for having me it's 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 been well. I, I was hoping that one day, one day I will appear in one of those seats, either or maybe just a third seat. But it just so <laughs> happened that 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 bacon is out, and it has been it, it has been a pleasure and an honor, and just God, just again, I'm 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 loving what I'm currently seeing from the from our local scene. Indeed, we are. Well, thanks again for watching, and we'll see you back here next week, hopefully for even more of the aftershock. <laughs>